Hey, thanks for pressing play. In this episode, Deadpool 2 loses its director. Thor Ragnarok wraps filming. And The Punisher is coming out next year? Plus, we geek out over The Walking Dead, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. We got some listener email, comic book recommendations, and so much more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, October 28th, 2016. Ah, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Emma. Jockey Nerd! Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Jockey Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. I am not Anthony. He's not the jock. But he's still the nerd. <laughs> Filling in for the jock, pinch hitting, as it were, is the ginger <laughs> geek, Matt Dalhauer. You like how I did that? That's a, that was, was that right? That was good. Was yeah, that you, right? Did, okay. you did right. You did well. Woo. Anthony Anthony, was, Anthony would be proud, but he'd still make fun of you. He's still going to make fun of me, but he would have really yelled at me if I fucked up the pinch. Oh, my God, yeah. Pinch hitting. And pinch shitting for Anthony is the rug boy. What's up, rugs? I like a clean break. <laughs> Well, here's okay. Let me just fill the listener in. It's game three of the World Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians. It's Whoa. the first World Series game right now that the Cubs have played uh, since 1945, and it's in Chicago. So the city is going nuts. Hit him with the high. Hit him with the high. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to say even podcast. <laughs> So, Anthony, uh, we if you've been listening to the show, you know we, we put out a, a thing for someone to help, and uh, Delhauer was nice enough to volunteer, but I thought the deal he had with you, Rugs, was like, Anthony, during the game, if he has to take a shit, he texts you, and you pinch shit for him. Yeah, well, I thought I thought you meant, like, when you take a shit, you pinch it, so well, that it's too. a clean break. It's a play on words, people. What else would you do? You just clench your butt cheeks really tight. <laughs> so every you just time, rocket it out? Yeah. <laughs> you're pinch shitting every time you take a shit. Uh, if you're a new listener, uh, we don't usually talk about shitting this much right off the bat. That's uh, not true. That's Well, that's we all. We romance you a little bit. We, were, we like <laughs> yeah. to we take you out. We wine and dine you. And then, and then what we do at these weekly geek fests is we got a bunch of comic book TV and movie related news. We're going to uh, discuss the season premiere of The Walking Dead, the seventh season again, even though I talked about it last episode, but I need to know what Delhauer and the Rugs thought of this. And I have more thoughts. I have had more time to digest. Uh, we'll talk about some random TV shows and I got a couple of emails and uh, listener feedback. That's the show. Lots of fun stuff. Oh, I remember what I wanted to add. Yes. Uh, since we're not doing the live shows anymore, I do yep. have a recommendation for people. Oh, okay. Let me, uh, I'm going to put that in the notes so I don't Ooh. forget. We're going to have a little recommendation section. All right. I like it. This is going to be a chock full of geek show. But before we begin, I want the listener, if this, you are a first time listener, go check out our last episode. Episode 135. It was a kind of a fun Halloween themed episode. Uh, our buddy, Scott Larson. Came in studio to talk about the history of Chicago Comic Cons, comic book stores, and Chicago ghosts. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And in that episode, I have a little update. And then we talk about The Walking Dead Season 7. But the ghost stories was great. In that episode, he, tell, he, he, he tells us about Resurrection Mary, one of the most famous ghosts in Chicago that he uh, uh, that was uh, lived around the Willowbrook Ballroom in the South Side where that ghost conference was held. Well... Update at right now. It's Friday, October 28th. This Willowbrook Brawl Room that's been there for 95 years, uh, it burned down in a fire this afternoon. Oh, shit. 
It's all because of this podcast, it's Imran. It's kind of spooky. Uh, and we all know Imran did it. I would No, I have an alibi. I was nowhere near the police. The police are standing by. Dude, it's... You but cannot get away with this. This is... Uh, I'm locked in. The feds are outside. But this is just really spooky. I mean, this is like an old school ballroom that you could still dance to live a live orchestra. Like... Like, where can you do that anymore? Uh, people like Count Basie, Guy Lombardo, Artie Shaw. Uh, it's a historic ballroom, and it's tied to Resurrection Mary. And the fact that he just told me about this, and the fucking thing burns down today. The city is just all crazy today with the oh, Cubs. And the so, it's, so it's his fault. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Resurrection Mary was like, you know what? I'm done with this place. I need to free my spirit. I'm burning it down. Burn it down. Resurrection Mary was just like, dude. Jock and Nerd are talking about me. How low is it? Have I gotten? <laughs> or like, even I think what it is is she found out that the Cubs were going to be playing in the World Series there. Yes, yes. Was just like the curse is finally broken. Her oh. spirit rises up. The building catches fire. It's actually a happy ending. There's got. Oh, I like that. There's got to be some kind of connection. Like this is just too weird to be a coincidence. I just think that mobsters just wanted to buy it. Or I was going to say, or, or it's that. fraud. Or that. I guess uh, the, the the roofers are working on the building when the roof caught on fire, and uh, they've estimated the building is a total loss. Wow, that was crazy. I just saw that, and I was like, oh, snap. We were just talking about the Willow Book problem. Uh, all right, gang, we got a little bit of news to get into. Let's get to it. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hey, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you want to say hi to us, if you want to interact with the conversations we have, all you got to do is visit jockandnerd.com. Slash contact our Twitter's there, Facebook. There's a speak pipe, and there's a link to our Facebook group where a lot of these uh, news stories we're going to talk about I get from there because you guys are awesome and you post cool shit, just like the thing Dal Howard just posted, didn't you, Dal Howard? Yeah, not like thirty minutes ago, I a half hour, like a, an hour ago, maybe. I, it's a, it it's, looks like a really cool short film called Sidekicks. I didn't get to watch. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, I'll try and do that and not just like break into. Uh, fits of crying while doing so. Oh my god! <laughs> um, a real—I don't want to give anything away in it because yeah. it's actually—it's like obviously it's something you want to watch and not just be told about. But it's um, it's this this short film. It's about fifteen minutes long. Uh, it has Tom Cavanaugh from The Flash. Nice. And I forget her name. Emily uh, Rickards. Rickards. Yes. Who, who plays Felicity and Arrow? Yeah. Uh, are both in it? Uh, it's called Sidekick, and it's this this short film that's a superhero story, but it's it's a superhero story that is actually uh, a bedtime story a father is telling his son. Wow. And it, it has some very deep emotional undercuts for what's actually going on while he's telling this story. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, watch it and bring tissues. Try not to cry. I'll put a link. For masturbation or for crying? Yeah. That's Whatever good. floats your boat, Rugs. Good question, Rug Boy. Way to clear that up. I will put a link in the show notes, jockadur.com slash 136. I mean, Kavanaugh's a good looking dude, so whatever you want. Tom Kavanaugh is an amazing actor on this week's Flash. We'll get to it later. He's just killing it. I love him and everything. He's so good. <laughs> He's good. He's good. So check out uh, Sidekick's short story, uh, also, we're going to start with another update from our last weekly show where we were talking about AT&T was looking to fast track the purchase of Time Warner. Well, listener, guys, they bought Time Warner for $85.4 billion. Oh, yes, shit. is nigh. Uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, Delahour, have you been keeping an eye on this? Did you hear about this at all? I, I heard a little bit about it. Uh, most, most of what it means to me is this is how Blade Runner starts. Oh yeah, that's um, right. The, the corporate <laughs> takeover America, future America. 
But uh, the only thing that I, I like, I really didn't pay attention to the news story until I was on Twitter the other day. And um, Scott Snyder, who writes for DC Comics, did Batman for a while. Yep. Uh, he's doing Batman all or all star Batman, Batman right now. Yeah. Uh, put out a tweet that said, um, "So does this mean we can all get free AT and T now?" Shit, <laughs> <laughs> it should. I didn't even think about the fact that, like, oh, Time Warner would own Warner Brothers, which owns DC. Yeah, that should work. I just think that. Everybody's uh, cell phones will now automatically just have the Batman ringtone. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be like, it just every phone that you get is, is automatically. So at and will own uh, HBO, TNT, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers Interactive and half of the CW, which was a partnership with the CBS as well as DirecTV in general. Well, they bought DirecTV last year for 50 billion. And the, the, the report I read before this the weekend when is that. It was they were going to pay sixty five billion, and this is twenty billion past what they said of that uh, article. So, oh boy. So, look, like we said, uh, give it a couple years, you're going to probably see some of the influence of this purchase. It, in imagine the, in the if AT and T just took eighty billion dollars and just helped the world. Jesus, well, fuck even eighty billion. Even on top of that, just uh, it baffles me that AT and T has billions upon billions of dollars to buy all these other companies, and yet they still can't surpass Verizon in their actual yeah. fucking cell phone coverage. Yeah. They don't want to. That's true. They don't care. But man, like you said uh, in that last show, Rugs, uh, if this company can't win at their own game, what? Uh, how are they going to be with all this shit, running all this stuff? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, listen, Warner Brothers has been second to Marvel uh, for a long time now. So uh, it'll just continue. Yeah, with this kind of backing, though, we'll see what they're able to do. I mean, everyone will have some sort of uh, AT&T specific phone yeah, in all well, those yeah, movies now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like the active versions of the, the Samsung Galaxies. Those are AT&T only. <laughs> the ones that don't blow up, you mean? The ones that don't blow up. Possibly. <laughs> we we haven't fully field tested that. <laughs> that shit is crazy, too. The fucking phone is smoking. Like, I've seen videos. Lady walks in with the phone, and it's just smoking. I'm like, that... Why is it doing that? This is not good. It's just vaping, bro. Ah, it's vaping like me. It's like my vape does not blow up only when I put the wrong batteries in. So. <laughs> that could happen with any battery, though. For real. Oh, yeah. It's it's legitimately, I think it's just the lithium ion technology yeah. is not caught up to what they want it to be. So it just eats itself. It's kind of a ticking bomb wherever you take it. The I, that's what ion. a battery is. It's yeah. just a bunch of you know shit that's like... Uh, Chemical reacting right right there in your fucking remote control or in your phone or anywhere. Oh, I want that on a T-shirt. Just a battery is just a bunch of shit. Chemical reacting. <laughs> Rug boy. It's going to blow. All right. We'll That's make it, it happen. Is. It's a yeah. fucking science experiment. Yeah. It just oh, yeah. We're just, oh, yeah. We're just walking around putting this in our pocket. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's leave it up to fate. All right. Next thing from the Facebook group posted by uh, Kate Amutazo, who was on the show, and she has a website called See Here's a Thing and See Here's the Podcast. Really lovely person. Based on our conversation about Anna Kendrick wanting to play Carrie Kelly Robin in those pictures with Joe Manganiello, apparently uh, actor Teresa Palmer wants to play Talia Al Ghul in Ben Affleck's Batman, to which I say, Who? Who the fuck is this? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, she's the girl that looks like the girl from um, Twilight, but it's not her. Oh, uh, the Kristen Stewart. Uh, yeah, that... they like look at they're identical. Well, I that hope... gives her enough pull to just <sighs> demand roles. Then yeah. 
I hope she's not as dull. She was she's in warm bodies, I guess, that uh zombie romance. Yeah. Something. I've actually heard it's a good movie, but it yes. came out like they they marketed the shit out of it to basically be Twilight when it's making fun of that concept. That's true. Oh, um that's and it apparently has some more poignant I don't know, symbolism or whatever. But anyway, I don't know who this is. Yeah. I feel like the biggest mistake they could make with the Batman movie would be to just throw every fucking character they can into it right away. <laughs> yeah, they it's like, oh, we're yeah. making we're making a Batman movie tied to everything else. Let's only make one and use every character we have. They never learn. Uh, she's 30, so she's an okay age. The only thing I got excited for, if they do bring Natalia, is that maybe we get to see the Damien Wayne, which would be awesome to see, a cinematic Damien. I mean, and the other thing that I know uh, a, a bunch of people over at Capes Wish were saying when they saw this story come up with was uh, it's it's very funny to see multiple white people <laughs> um, saying, I want the role yeah. of like an, a Middle Eastern Asian character. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And granted, I mean, every every comic that you see Talia in, they basically make her look as as like Mediterranean as possible. But sometimes she's blonde, I guess, in this one screenshot. I don't know if that's supposed to be well, her from just, the cartoon. That's just, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's probably just the actress, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you can dye anybody's hair any color. Yeah. Yeah, Talia is, uh, needs to be a Middle East, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern type. But Yeah, of course. I would love uh, to see Damien like, come in and fuck things up. But, yeah, let's not throw everyone in the Batman movie just yet. How about you start shooting the fucking thing first? I mean, my well, biggest thing is uh, the kid from uh, Big Hero 6 yes. who made his own fight scene video yes, to be that, Robin. That was great. I would 100% put that kid in there. Because at least he tried to put something. He's not just like, I'm well, not the role. He's, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's he's like, he's like please cast me because look at how hard I'm training myself to be in this movie right? if you'll let me. Because Instead this, of like, yeah. you know, and then you have Anna Kendrick and whoever this one is where they're like, Maybe you could just give us a role. And they're like, oh, of course, you know, just hand it out to every pretty girl that asks. Jeez, that's how yeah. Hollywood works anyway. That's how it is. That's how being a pretty girl works. They yeah, they ask for shit. And they I want you to I want you to give me <laughs> drinks for free and a role in your yeah. next movie. Ah, it's not fair. I tell you, for freaks like me, we can't catch a break ever. Are you kidding me? I'm a ginger, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, every you know like. every redhead role either goes to a British dude, yeah. who is redheaded, or they just dye somebody's hair because fuck us. <laughs> oh man, the gingers, you oh. feel me? Uh, gingers, felties, uh, Pakistanis—we're all the same. We're all uh, outcasts. Yes. <laughs> so, so you'll be seeing us outside of Trump Tower with our own "We are all Muslim" signs. <laughs> That's all right. That's right. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Uh. <laughs> oh my god! You know, the likelihood of him becoming president is it, today is just skyrocketed because of this news thing that just broke. Uh, every yeah. every goddamn day, it's it's, it's back one and or the forth. Other. That's like look similar to a World Series championship. This election is so unpredictable. Any fucking thing can happen, and I can't call it until I. Oh see my it. god! It's crazy. Dude, I, 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 my head's gonna explode. I feel like November eighth. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna vote, and then I'm just gonna put myself into like a medically induced coma for a few days. I agree. And then just wake up when they actually have like an, an actual winner. I almost like, I want to vote and I don't even want to know who wins. Like I'm so over it. I like, don't care. Don't tell me. No one can bug me about it anymore. Don't even tell me who wins. I don't give a shit. I did my part, but wow, it's, it's very unpredictable and entertaining. Uh, okay. Let's move on to some, uh, Marvel movie news. Uh, Dr. Strange is out in the UK and the, the review embargo is out and I'm trying to stay away from any of these. Uh, but the important thing to note is when you go see the movie, 
There has two credit scenes, as usual. Don't leave. We got a mid-credit, you got a post-credit, and I'm excited to see this in, in the 3D IMAX. Have you guys read any of these reviews yet? Are you trying to... I just heard it was good. Yeah, yeah I haven't, yeah, I haven't I dove into any actual review. Um, I saw... Was it was it David? Yeah, I was. Uh, he David Malofsky, place to hang your cape, has seen the movie. Yeah, and his his initial reaction was he said no spoilers, but I love it and it's amazing, which in itself is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've I've avoided any reviews. Everything that I've seen, whether it's like Twitter blurbs or, or David on the the community page, have have said it's great. So, I mean, I fully expected it was going to be a, a mind bender starring Benedict Cumberbatch, whether it was like the greatest movie ever or not. I was going to have enough fun with it that I wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, if it's as good as Ant-Man, it's fine. Well, exactly. Malofsky and a lot of the reviews have been that he kind of uh, uh, he says the same thing. He, so he just said he said just saw Doctor Strange. So good. Definitely worth seeing on a big screen visuals make Inception look like a student film. Climax is one of Marvel's most creative yet. And then. John Bellotti very cleverly asked the great question, where does it rank on the Marvel movie list? Uh, David says it's in his top five. And just like oh, I wow. heard, he said it's just below the first Iron Man. It's very similar to Iron Man. He'd also compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy. So it sounds like a movie that you anybody can just walk in and watch and not really have to worry about this ongoing story that they've got going on in the movie. I kind of figured it would be because yeah. it's, it it's, be. it's something that they haven't set up in any movie beforehand. So it has no real connection yet. They said uh, Stephen Strange in the Winter Soldier, and that was it. That, yeah, exactly. That was the only thing. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's coming out at the end of this week, and uh, I will be there. It's coming out this weekend? Yeah. Uh, well, a week from November today. November 4th. Yeah, a week from today when we record. So you got a week. All right. So, so that, means, that means Tom Hanks and his Inferno movie have one week to reign. I don't think that movie's going to do very good. Uh, those, uh, his, uh, who's that writer? Those books, the first Dan one was Brown. Dan Brown. The first movie was good, and the others, I don't know, I guess his fans will come go out. I liked, I liked Angels and Demons as a book. I yes. never actually saw the movie. Yes. Uh, I thought Da Vinci Code was very overhyped. Yeah. It was, it was mostly a lot of, look at how much research I did for this, and not a lot of actual story. <laughs> uh, and then I never read any of the ones after that. They're all kind of the, the same. I read the, la the last symbol, but that's in America, and people are going to mistake it for national treasure. That was the one that took place in yeah, DC, that, that was, right? Yeah, was, yeah, I that, read was, that one. That was the reason they didn't make it into a movie. Is yeah. they were like, "Ugh, damn you, Nick Cage, they ruined it." But Dan Brown's books—they're all kind of like the same thing, really. Well, I, that's why I was seeing like the trailer for this one. I was like, "Oh man, another thing where it happened where." The bad guy is just happens to be so smart that he made puzzles and clues. Why is it <laughs> that every bad guy in these books is the fucking Riddler? <laughs> it's true. It's the same shit. And he's got to just there's a lot of manuscripts and books and libraries. So, so Tom Hanks and yet another young, attractive female, which this time is um, Felicity even... Jones. Oh, OK. Uh, have to run around and solve clues just in time to stop whatever it is that's happening. Yeah. yeah, like change it up. Let's get a blonde in there. <laughs> I, by the way, uh, you could tell that they filmed this probably around the same time, if not a little before uh, Star Wars. Yeah. And Felicity Jones, I don't know if she's wearing a wig, but she looks like she's wearing a wig. Oh, that's because uh, she's got the short hair in the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, shorter. Her hair is probably like maybe shoulder length in Star Wars. And like in this one, it's like down to her elbow and just does not look real. No. Oh. I think Strange should do pretty decent money. It's a, there's, you know, it's a good time for it to come out. 
So it's definitely yeah. going to be number one at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what happened over at Fox over the weekend uh, with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool franchise. I was reported Tim Miller, who directed the first movie, he ain't coming back. Good. Which to that, oh, oh, oh that's good. Okay, Ruggs. Uh, and, uh, well, he also possibly brought with him Blur Studios, who did a lot of the effects. But supposedly, it was over the casting of Cable, and they were looking at, uh, what's his name? Guy from Friday Night Lights. Well, apparently it was more than that. Oh, Kyle Chandler. From what I had read, the biggest thing that they had going on was he and Ryan Reynolds were having creative difference disputes because Reynolds wanted to stick very close to the same type of movie they made with the first one. Right. And Miller really was pushing to make it more of a summer blockbuster type. Yes, he wanted more action. He wanted to double the budget. And Reynolds is like, look, we, I could do a, another hit like this, make you $700 billion for the same budget. And I guess on his side, he had the writers. And of course, the studio is going to be on his side. And, you know, Ryan's more than just the actor. I like he produced this. This is really his baby. He I mean, while Miller was the one that leaked the test footage at Comic-Con a few years ago. Right. Ryan Reynolds has been fighting for that movie for what was it? Six years. Yep, yep, yep. Seven years, whatever it was, yep. just to actually get it made and put into theaters. Yeah, um, but he's the one that fought so hard for the very hard R. Like, yep. I mean, the way I look at it is this: I I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he and I agree we don't envy whoever has to step into the director role after this. Yeah, but you, as much as Miller contributed to the first movie. He is not a death knell walking out the no, door. Absolutely not. I think it'll be okay. This was his but first think movie. About the, but think about this. Yeah. The way that Deadpool was handled, the reason why it went over so well is because it was edited so well. Yeah. And it was, sh and the guy knew how to edit things down so it didn't get annoying because we were talking about that when we were reviewing it, that it could have gotten annoying very fast. Now, without that, that sensor, Ryan Reynolds is going to be able to do whatever stupid shit that he wants to do. And, you know, he he's funny, but you got to know when to edit. Yeah, right? and, and not edit. You know, you're not editing a string of jokes together. You're editing a plot so, and a story and that has Tim jokes. Miller brought a lot to the table, and you guys are underplaying him a lot. You, and I think well, you're going to really feel it. I think, I, and I don't doubt it. It's going to be a different film no matter what. And um, I think one of the things that I, one of the problems that I had with Deadpool was I know a lot of people talk about it being like such a, such a, uh, an original concept or such like a breath of fresh air for superhero movies. Yeah. But I think the thing was, is that what people didn't realize was Deadpool was honestly the same superhero movie we've seen before. It just made fun of itself for being that. Yeah, absolutely. I think Miller wanted to make it what it was making fun of. And he, they say that he was pushing for a bigger budget, more action. He wanted it to be a bigger, you know, blockbuster type. And I think that could have worked fine if they were also, you know, still making fun of the fact that it's a big blockbuster sequel. Yeah, you make you, fun of the sequel. The, the you have so many, yeah, you have so many jokes that you could do about having a bigger budget and more characters and oh look, more mex, uh, more X Men. And like, I, I don't think the movie will. It won't it won't kill the movie that that Miller isn't there. But I do agree with Rugboy that 
as much as I love Ryan Reynolds, he has proved time and again that he will do 19 million takes every time with a different, you know, joke that he tells. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's up to Ryan Reynolds to decide or whoever, I guess Ryan Reynolds and whatever director is going to be buddies with Ryan Reynolds to decide which one of those is the best take. Why would Tim Miller leave this movie? I mean, he really wouldn't unless he thought something really shitty was going to happen. But there's no reason for him to leave the movie. It sounded like I it was mutual too, really. What I what I wonder is is this is so big for Ryan Reynolds. I would not deny anybody saying that Ryan Reynolds is being a major diva about it. Mm, that's good too. I mean, this is like his biggest. Uh, it is the biggest thing he's had in his career, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, do you, you know, think he, this? This is the fourth time or the third or fourth time that he's tried to do a superhero blockbuster yep. movie, and it finally worked. Yeah. And he fought for it to happen. So to turn around, I wouldn't be surprised for him to turn around and be like, see, if you let me do what I want to do, it'll mm. work out. I mean, it works because we don't see his face. <laughs> largely. Let's not forget this movie made for just under $60 million, brought in over $700 million worldwide. And the studio is like, look, if you could do this again, uh, we're, we're on your side. Do you think losing uh, Tim Miller and Blur Studios and his visual like video game action style is going to be a detriment or can someone step in and kind of I do take the template from what they built and, and use that and keep going. It's depending on how they approach it. I agree with rug boy that if they let Reynolds just, if they give him, you know, the, the keys to the candy store, yeah, it can become a fucking disaster. Oh, absolutely. Um, if I, I think part of it is I trust the writers because they are the guys they I mean they did Deadpool but they also did like Zombieland. Yeah, I love these writers and I'm glad they're still around. So I I trust that they will be able to put forth a good script and I mean at this point it's almost obvious that any director they put in there is going to be a studio puppet. Huh. Hey, I take umbrage. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I said puppet and no, not you're the puppet. <laughs> you're the puppet. Build the wall, keep the puppets out. We'll make the puppets pay for the wall. Yeah. Um, you're the puppet. I, I I mean, uh, Anthony and I both made the joke of why don't they give Josh Trank another try? Well, uh, no, that's, <laughs> it, it's not that desperate yet. Whoa. Here's a short list. We have I have a little bit of information. The first report came out that Fox was looking at the director of John Wick, David Lech or Leech. I don't know how you say his name. I've never seen the John Wick movies. That's I don't very know good. Yeah, that's I've a good choice. That's a good see. Choice. And I was going to say the good thing about John Wick was John Wick was legitimately a like two hour long video game action scene. Is that what is, what is John Wick about? So John Wick, uh, Keanu Reeves was in, it came out a couple of years ago. Right. It is that my brother and I described it as the closest thing there's ever been to a Punisher movie. Oh, um, because legitimately the story is John Wick is a retired assassin who one day, uh, Alfie Allen from game of Thrones, mm. uh, pisses him off. And he kind of tells him off at like a gas station about something or other. So Alfie Allen, who is a son of a crime boss and his friends follow Keanu Reeves home, uh, break in in the middle of the night, kill his dog and beat the shit out of him. Oh, shit. So John Wick decides to come out of retirement to get his revenge and kills his way through anybody who tries to stop so this him. Is Keanu is like a legit badass. He is fucking awesome. Wow. I gotta oh, yeah, it's it's, it's I, legit. I got to watch this. Is there two? And, Are they working? Yeah, second, on two? second one's coming out in yeah. January or February. Huh? Everybody that I know that went to see it or saw it, they're like, dude, you got to see this movie. Oh, yeah. So I it is. It is like 
I think the best way I could, I mean, outside of calling it like the only Punisher movie in existence, it is everything you loved about 90s action movies without any of the bullshit. Yeah, it's like Chow Yun Fat exploded all over the place in this movie. Exactly. Holy shit, I gotta watch this. Okay, who wins in a fight between John Wick and the Jack Reacher? Oh, that's a tough call. Right I'm gonna say John Wick just because. He's taller. He, well, he is definitely taller. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, he's got. A, he's definitely got a better reach on him. Yeah, he's got a way better reach than the guy named Reacher. I will put yeah. it this way: um, in, in the John Wick movie, they build this whole like underground world of the assassins. Oh, cool! Where they build it on the idea that uh, to hire them, they are so expensive you can't buy them with money; you have to buy them with gold coins. Oh shit! Gold bullion. Huh. Exactly. Damn. So anyone who costs that much, I think, could definitely uh, do some major damage to an ex-army policeman. I think Keanu could kick fucking Cruz's ass. No problem. Uh, uh, the only problem is, is Cruz will probably run away because he does that all the time. <laughs> he's good at it. He's yeah. really fast, apparently. You got to catch him. Yeah. Uh, other directors on this list that have been mentioned are uh, Drew Goddard, who directed The Martian and uh, who show ran Daredevil, and TV director Magnus Martins. I don't know who he is, but... They're already they're trying to fill this hole. Let's hope it's what did Magnus Martin do? Uh, I don't know. Let's look him up. Hold, please. We'll be right back while Imran checks it out. This guy's got a great name, Magnus Martins. Uh, oh, he did an episode of Agents of Shield. He did an episode of Luke Cage, Power, Twelve Monkeys on Sci Fi. He's done. Uh, that's TV guy. Yeah, he's a TV guy. That That's will bad, be, yeah, that will be their studio uh, puppet. That'll be their Josh Trank on it. Yeah. The, John, the John Wick guy seems to be the most legit guy to do it. Maybe he doesn't have a sense of humor. But you got but, the writers in there, and you got Ryan Reynolds yeah. on the comedy, and you need a guy on the action. I could actually see Drew Goddard do well with it. Drew Goddard, I, yeah, he, yeah. he has worked closely with Josh Whedon a lot. He did Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, Like you said, he did The Martian. Uh, he He wrote Cloverfield, right? I think who so. Is that? He would be able to bring a little bit of like what he's picked up in the Marvel style in the MCU. But the Martian's such a good movie. Why would would you go from that to That's like he's on his he's, he's on an upswing in his career? Goddard like, Goddard strikes me very much as like a Joss Whedon type, where yeah. for him it's less about this is good for my career and more of I want to do whatever the fuck I want to do. If he likes oh. the story, he'll probably end up doing it. I think the uh, the John Wick guy he, that name came up right away. So it's definitely the one I would put in in right? the front running. Yeah. All right, well, let's see. There's no report. We, there's no date for Cable 2, so it's already got a little bit of a uphill battle. And uh, Kyle Chandler, though, I know I I don't know whose choice that was, but I don't know if I didn't. That's not who I picture for Cable. That's all. Honestly, if you don't go with Stephen Lang yes, or Ron Perlman, don't to. make the movie. Exactly. You, I mean, the, it would fit the tone of uh, the Deadpool universe. Like, you need that guy. Uh, also, uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's uh, not coming out until next year. It's rap filming and uh, Taika Waititi director whose name I just I put this in because I just love saying Taika Waititi. But he posted this fun little 14 minute uh, Facebook live video on the set walking around. And he's just so like, I just want to hang out with him. Like, I love him even more. Can I just say that in the five years since Green Lantern came out? Yeah. Taika Waititi looks like he aged oh 30. Oh, my God. Yeah, like he was the president of the United States. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened to him? Like, yeah, like I saw him. He's, he's yeah. completely grayed out. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, he must have, like, opened the uh, the Ark of the Covenant or something. He was young and youthful in uh, as his buddy in uh, the Green Lantern. Unless maybe they dyed his hair for the movie. 
But I mean, granted, it's five years. Fucking anything could happen to you in five years that that completely grays you if out. He had a child; his hair went gray. Oh, oh yeah, you there see, you like, go. In the video, he's got his, he has it shaved. He's uh, he looks tired. They've been shooting for eighty four days, but he walks around this uh, wasteland space set where it's just like it looks like a spaceship junkyard. It's it's legitimately a junkyard they build next to a lake. Next to a lake, they're like, "Here's a set." I was like, "What? That fucking dump dumpster over there?" He's like, "Yep, that's our set." By a lake, and you see dudes and a lot of props, and you see the Chris Hemsworth, and you see Tessa Thompson with a little bit of makeup on as Valkyrie. And he also, he kind of leaked the thing. He introduced a character. He's like, this guy is playing Meek. And I guess Meek is a character that is in the Planet Hulk storyline. Geek boner. You know, kind of confirming further that, that Planet Hulk will be uh, heavily in this movie. Oh. But it was, uh, it was a neat, they couldn't really say anything, but I kind of, I just love Hanging out with Taika in that video. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> he liked hanging out with you, too. I'm sure he did. That was like... That sounds kind of weird. He said, <laughs> he said hi to me. He and I are friends now. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to some TV news from uh, about Marvel and the Netflix. This one's really cool. It's Jessica Jones, season two. Every episode is going to be directed by a woman. Oh. I think it's uh, that's kind of uh, progressive and rare. Take it's that, nice patriarchy. Idea. It's a nice idea. Uh, so the first season, uh, about one-third of the episodes were directed by women. Uh, but on average, 18% of television episodes have female directors. So I like that she's uh, they're breaking this open, and they're like, we're going to make it. And it, it, it makes sense with this, uh, with this show. I mean, it's a nice news bit. I don't think it's going to affect the show in any way. I. It's not like you're going to watch it, and as you're watching it, be like, wow, this really makes me feel like I'm more into the, the mind space of a woman. It's got 10% more Massingill commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just every once in a while, the camera decides not to film her because it doesn't feel like it. Well, yeah, yeah but you you guys are right. If we notice like it's heavy female just, spun, then they've that you don't want to notice that. Like it's, it's sh- just shots of men's butts it's in the ball. It's just asses just, all the time. Just buns everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just like what women like to look at. <laughs> it's like it's like a '90s Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Oh, tight. Oh. That's taut. Just, wow. just splits <laughs> and buns. <laughs> I can't wait to see it now. Yeah, that's going to be great. But before we get that, we're going to get Defenders. And they've also set, uh, they've got a little bit of details coming out. Uh, The first two episodes will be directed by television director S.J. Clarkson, who did a couple episodes of Jessica Jones and Orange is the New Black. Now, is this a woman? It just says S.J. Clarkson. It's like S.E. Hinton. You didn't know. Probably. I I feel like uh, it's good. Oh, it is. They said S.J.'s take on the material is outstanding. We loved her work on Marvel's Jessica Jones. Ah! Couldn't think of a more talented and accomplished Context clues. To helm the yes. first two. And there's a, like a little synopsis. So it just says Marvel's The Defenders follows Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, a quartet of singular heroes with one common goal to save New York City. This is a story of four solitary figures burdened with their own personal challenges who realize they just might be stronger when teamed together. I wonder how they're going to handle saving New York City when so far they've only cared about Hell's Kitchen and, and, and Harlem. And Harlem and their own little neighborhoods. Well, Iron Fist looks like it's Midtown, so it's spreading it's out either, a little bit. It's either Midtown or it's the Village. It's uh, the they, mentioned, they mentioned something about the Chinese having their own thing, quote unquote, downtown. Oh, so they're in, not downtown. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh so downtown, Chinatown? Downtown from Harlem. What? Oh, there you go. I think uh, you just uh, broke it open. 
from three neighborhoods to five boroughs. Yeah, they really need to spread out their uh, their delivery is, radius. I, honestly, for as much as they've been pushing like the the div- diversity that is the different neighborhoods of uh, New York, how much do you want to bet that the big like final fight in Defenders will be legitimately in like fucking Times Square, just like Ugh. the most cliched New York location? Yeah, that'd be great, and there'd be like those fake like Marvel superhero characters that are begging for money running around. They might think it's like the real Thor, but it's just some <laughs> asshole. That would be awesome. Just some dickhead, that. some chubby Spider Man, and he's just uh, he gets blown up. You pay for picture now. <laughs> yeah, he's just there to get pictures <laughs> instead of help them. Oh, that would be a great finale. Also, eight episodes, which is so good. I'm dying to see one of these things less than 13 fucking episodes because it's too long and you don't know how to fucking end these things sometimes. Well, and that's yeah. the funniest thing is with four main characters, yeah, you could honestly less. do yes. more episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Each character could have like a three episode arc and then you wrap up a four episode arc with all of them. I'm also happy to see that apparently now they are, in fact, stating that Punisher will be a 2017 release. Wait, so this is confusing because the Defenders hasn't started shooting. We saw pictures of Bernthal and uh, Deborah Ann Wall's Karen Page. They're clearly shooting this. But then I, I had conflicting reports. But then they've just added five more cast series regulars. And they said it's coming out. It will debut 2017. So that's three Netflix series confirmed finally for 2017. It makes sense. I it mean, honestly, be. with them filming now, I wouldn't doubt. I mean, they've already said that um, Iron Fist is March, correct? Yes. So I'm not. I wouldn't doubt if this year, like next year, Iron Fist will be in March. They'll set up Defenders. Uh, they'll either put out Defenders like in July, or they'll wait until November ish, and they'll put out Punisher in between them. See that? Yeah, that was my question. Is like, does it come before or after the def- I would. I would like to see the Iron Fist and a Punisher and then the Defenders. And you got like Elektra and Punisher and cameos in the Defenders. I don't know. If usually they film these things in order of when they I release think they them. They always intended not to have Punisher in this mix and they're not going to they, write everything. Yeah. They never, they never intended for Punisher to show up beyond being a, a side character in Daredevil. That's and true. then everyone lost their fucking minds yeah. over him. And they were like, all right, you know, well, Netflix is like, if you guys want to do a, a show for him, we'll put it out there. And Marvel was like, all right, fine, we'll do it. It'll definitely it'll sell. And so they decided to go ahead and do it. So it's going to be probably as separated as possible. Ah, interesting. But here's the five uh, people cast in The Punisher. Uh, you have uh, Paul Schultz, who is a nurse Jackie. He will play uh, Rollins, a high ranking member of the CIA whose operations in Afghanistan intersect with the top liner John Bernthal's Frank Castle. Other newcomers include Daniel Weber, Jason R. Moore, Jamie Ray Newman, and uh, Michael Nathanson. So, that, who will play a whole Michael Nathanson. Michael Nathanson from oh the Nick and Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. Who's Michael? You know him or are you just no being idea. a dick? No, yeah. It's just yeah. the fact that you paused afterwards for like a Michael response. Nathanson. Like it was Michael Nathanson. Name. And then just like no one said anything. So oh I was like, God, oh, we're like... supposed to know him? Well, here's who they're playing. Nathanson's playing Homeland Security agent Sam Stein. Weber is playing Lewis Walcott, a young veteran having a difficult time reassimilating into civilian society. Moore plays a guy named Curtis Hoyle, one of the few people who knows Castle is alive. And Newman will play Sarah Lieberman, wife of Micro, who's played by uh, Ebon Boss Moss Backrack and Ben Barnes also. 
And Steve, Me. Stephen Lightfoot is writing the first two episodes. So this, I, the, again, I can't wait for this, especially if there's going to be three. Netflix. I'm even more excited that you named all these people that I don't know and named all these characters that I don't care about. Yeah, that's what, you, that should, uh, that should get that's you what, all. That's what Anthony would have said, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks for what that. What that tells me is um, they are probably going to be doing uh, flashbacks at some point ah. to his time in Iraq. Yes, or Afghanistan or whatever. Or one of them. Wherever he was. Uh, that's good because we were, you know, we were like, is this going to take place in the past? No, it'll do like what the other shows have done and work in flashbacks. That's right. Uh, okay, so we're going to close out the new segment with uh, a couple of deaths. Uh, which is not the the happiest Jesus. thing to do. It's quite morbid, but it is almost Halloween. And, uh, you know, you got to pay respects to some of these people. The first guy, uh, Michael Massey, passed away earlier, dead at 61. Now, Michael Massey, you may know from a bunch of things. He was in a bunch of shit. He was in um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think he was playing Kurt Connors. Uh, but... One of the most tragic moments of his career was Massey played Fun Boy in The Crow in 1993 and also uh, fired in the improperly prepared prop gun that killed Brandon Lee on set. This was Michael Massey that pulled the trigger. I think the problem that I have with so many news outlets referring to him as Michael Massey, the actor that killed Brandon yeah, Lee. Yeah, that's all you see in the headline. Like, it's horrible. All you, it's like, oh, okay, so he's a murderer? It's like, oh, no, it was a mistake. He never meant for it to happen, and it's haunted him for years and years that it happened. Well, then why are you labeling him as that? Yeah, Like, it's that, not the only fucking thing he did in his life. It's clear. No, he was in uh, Seven. He's been on The Game, a lot of David Fincher movies, The Amazing Spider-Man movies. He was on Carnival, X-Files, Alias, Supernatural, Fringe, The Blacklist. He was on the first season. He was Ira Gaines on the first season of 24, who was a great villain on that first season of oh, yeah. 24. Uh, but he was that he? I can't believe that he was that old. Yeah, he was 61. And uh, he oh, said shit. he said that he had to take a year off. Uh, from acting because and uh, he's like I don't think you ever get something over something like that and he probably didn't like how do you oh like, no I, he, I can't imagine living of, with that he was one of the many who after Brandon Lee actually died said there's no way we can finish this film I don't think I can keep oh, filming shit. he didn't want to and, finish it yeah. and they like um Alex Proyas had to convince him that no 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 Brandon would want us to finish the film mm. because we've all put so much into it so he I think he only had a couple of scenes left that he was able to finish filming. And then once he was done, he went into like seclusion. Yeah. Like yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't take roles. Didn't want to act. Didn't talk to anybody or anything like that. Like it was, it damn near destroyed him. It's traumatic. He, he also admitted that he never watched the, he couldn't bring himself to watch the movie, which I, I don't no. blame him, dude. Like that's fucked up. Some guy fucks up in his job and you end up killing Bruce Lee's son by accident. Like, is fucking crazy. Uh, the other person who passed away this week, uh, an amazing comic book artist uh, and creator, Steve Dillon, who is only 54. Steve Dillon, best known. Jesus. Yeah, best known for working with Garth Ennis on Hellblazer, Preacher, uh, a great run on The Punisher. Uh, right. I've loved, I've always loved this guy's art. He's got like, he brought like a cool, like indie, indie comic book feel to Vertigo and comic books. Rugs, uh, Rugs, what do you remember about uh, Dylan, and how would you describe his artwork? Well, I feel like he takes a page out of Barry Windsor Smith. Yes. Uh, 
He's kind of like Barry Windsor Smith, but like, uh, if you cleaner, almost less lines. Yeah. You took, you, you take Dave Gibbons and you take Barry Windsor Smith and then you put them together. You get Steve Dillon. Yeah, absolutely. Even a little like, uh, Brian Boland ish, but, uh, yeah, very... well, he's, he's a gentleman. He's an English gentleman. Yeah. yeah. He had, he had a lot of the same kind of, um, uh, attention to detail. Yes. That Boland would do. Yeah. He had the hatching style that was very good. He was very into like um, the you know hatching and and getting expressions on the face. Like his faces were very uh, classical, like Romanesque in in the way that that he structured the faces. Absolutely, but but full, so full of expression. You're absolutely right. Each one, yeah. and I mean, he created uh, what Preacher looked like and designed that. And uh, he, he was great at gore. Yes, yes. Um, oh he God. wasn't like an action guy. No. He wasn't like into like you know, uh, splash pages and crazy angles. He was very like, um, minimalistic in how he did things, but they were very effective, just solid storytelling. And yeah, he would use your, your traditional, you know, nine panel, six panel, uh, nothing crazy, but his storytelling and his composition and his, uh, his figures just, I always loved fucking Steve Dillon's artwork And, and the projects that he worked on. He chose like interesting things to do. Yeah. He just didn't do anything that people just asked him to do. Like he did the Punisher because he liked the Punisher. He did Hellblazer because he liked John Constantine, and uh, he liked Preacher. I mean, Preacher was like this book that he he helped make. He created it, and now we have it on TV yes. as a series. But uh, even the series, even though it's okay, it doesn't hold the candle to the. No, definitely not. Or what? It's- what did you think about uh, Dylan's art? Um, the funny thing was, was when I first heard about it, it surprised the hell out of me because I was in New York City, um, the, the night that he died. Not, I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. I didn't do <laughs> was it. wasn't you. Um, no, I think he actually. Just like a, I didn't burn down the Willowbrook <laughs> ballroom. I think he actually had, uh, some health issues that he was battling with for a little mm. while that he tried to keep kind of on the hush hush. I was first introduced to him through, uh, Punisher and, and his work with Ennis on that. Um, I, it wasn't until later that I would get to, to actually read Preacher. I don't like. I know it's always weird to be like, you know, oh, I don't want to like speak ill of the dead. I I liked his artwork, but mm. I definitely would not say he was my favorite. I, I I definitely recognize a lot of the stuff that that Rugboy had mentioned, especially the fact that he was not one for for big splash pages and stuff like that. And like in doing so, it made you know the 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 crazy moments that happened. You know, they be they became a bit more subdued. And in that fact made it just, you know, the book is telling me that this is a normal thing that happens and not like something big to have attention drawn to it. And it, it that that really solidifies the crazy worlds that he creates, that if if Punisher blowing a dude's head off at point blank range with a shotgun isn't worth a full page of happening. Yeah. Then that means that there's nothing in this world that is really all that surprising or exciting because this shit happens all the time. And that's what's more like devastating about it. I always like, I always felt like it was, he was very, it was very realistic in a weird way. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, he, like I said, he had this, he had this attention to detail where, you know, if somebody got like, if somebody got stabbed, they're holding their intestines in. It's not <laughs> just like a big red gash on them. But even on top, on top of that, you know, it was as much as I, I, I loved and I, I I've said, you know, things like like Preacher and, and Punisher, they wouldn't be what they are if he hadn't done the art. I think the thing that always got me was he really only knew how to draw like one face. 
It was very similar, but it you knew that was uh, a Steve Dillon art right well, away by looking. That's definitely part of it. Was like, and that's I, I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like I'm sitting here like trashing his work at all. Like, I I highly respect the man. It's very sad that he died, and I I would Steve Dillon drawing a book never really turned me away from it. Yeah. I, as much as I would at times have said like, oh, well, you know, a Steve Bil- Dillon book looks the same all the time, but it's, it's because he had a style of his own. That was his style. And that's what, you know, I, I re- responded to his style. I just, I would buy anything that Dillon would draw. One of the biggest tragedies of it was he was still working on the new Punisher series with Becky Cloonan. Oh. While, you know, a- as he passed away. Oh, wow. Look. So I saw yeah. she had posted up on, on, uh, Twitter, uh, a day or two afterwards that she was at a, a Comic Con like a smaller convention that weekend. And she said the whole weekend, all she had were people coming up to her, talking to her about how much they liked the book and how much they loved Steve's artwork. And, and they're sad to, to have heard that he passed. And she said, you know, there was all sharing stories with people about working with him and knowing him, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's really in the end of the day, that's probably the best thing is to know that whether his artwork, you know, uh, was my favorite or not doesn't matter because he reached so many people with it and it, it made such an impact on the industry. A really nice guy too. From, uh, from all the reactions I've read, look, listener, if you've seen the season two of daredevil on Netflix, the scene where Frank, uh, chains daredevil to a chimney and tapes a gun to his hand is straight from Steve Dillon, Punisher, uh, comic book pages. Like they, they, they did a great job adapting that. And, uh, he did the art on that. So that's a big one, man. I, uh, I love the Steve Dillon. Yes. Uh, Steve Dillon, the man who can ha- make Frank Castle, um, you know, I mean, match with Garth Ennis, can make Frank Castle have a poignant conversation about justice. Yeah. And then a hundred pages later, have him punch a polar bear in the face and use it as a weapon on people. Awesome. <laughs> who else can pull that off? So rest in peace to both of those uh, talented people. 2016 death train rolls on. It is. Uh, it is a bitch it's a crazy year uh all right well look that's it for the news let's push on After these messages, we'll be right back. do you like drama drama makes me emotional that's what it's supposed to do it's drama it's dramatic do you like comedy, you like comedy? i love comedy johnny it's the best thing there is it takes your mind off all your troubles in your world you know that there are children starving in Africa right now. Is that a joke? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Do you like Alyssa you Milano like Alyssa and Doctor Who? Who? I love Alyssa Milano. She's like my favorite actress. I love Alyssa Milano too, but I think I might love Doctor Who more than Alyssa Milano. That is because you're a nerd. Yeah, I am. Drinking in the Park with Neil and Johnny, the internet's only Doctor Who Who's the Boss podcast. Except for that Dutch one. What a bunch of weirdos. Listen on neilandjohnny.com, droidscanada.com, and on the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Bananas. In a world where so many podcasts offer TV and movie news. Along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. 
Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third-party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex-video store clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We're your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news, reviews, and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flicks podcast, where the Chris versus Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. I also want to take this time right now to mention that we have a fan club here at the Jock and Nerd podcast. Uh, you just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon and you get like an exclusive RSS link where you put it in your favorite podcast app and you're going to get all this bonus content. Uh, awesome bonus audio like the first time Dullhauer meets Matt Rugboy. Th- that is a clip on the Patreon. And we have a new patron, so i just going to take a minute to shout out Marie Hopkin, who uh, signed up this week, and she found us through, she's a fan of Jeff Hillier, DeadX Radio. She listened Ooh. to when he was on our show, which was also the historic last live blab show uh, we ever the did. show that killed the It blab. did, because the next day, blab just shut down with no warning, no kind of thank you email. If you logged into the Blab's website, it just had a big sign that said, fuck you, jock and nerd. <laughs> They're like, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Uh, we've, I have been, this show has been blamed for so many things already in this episode of the Keep It Running Track. So thank you. This show killed Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> it killed Franz Ferdinand, started World War One. Uh, burned Damn. down the ballroom. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But thank you, Marie Hopkin. And also, yeah, welcome aboard. Yeah, welcome aboard. I hope you're enjoying all the audio. And uh, I'm just going to say real quick thanks to everyone else. On the Patreon, Brett Zafka, Zika Spiral Comics on eBay, Jimmy McPike, Jesse Looney, A Place to Hang Your Cape, and Philip Milan. Thank you for joining the fan club. Supporting the show really means a lot. Yeah, let's let's make this list a lot longer, guys. Yes. Come on, chip in. I dudes. should be reading twice the amount of names, you fuckers. Get it's to it. It's only a dollar a month. I mean, I know I'm not a part of it, and you shouldn't do what I do. You should do what I tell you. To don't do it. Do don't be a Delhauer. Do what Delhauer tells you. Look, we're at this rate, we're putting out five to six shows a month. That is value, people. That is value. Oh, yeah. so, uh, okay, we're going to, before we get started, I'm going to issue a spoiler alert, because this is a big spoiler alert. You may not have seen this show, so here we go. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, we, uh, Anthony and I preemptively just kind of talked about The Walking Dead season seven premiere in our midweek last show with Scott Larson, because I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this episode. The title was called The Day Will Come When You Won't Be, and I'm just really curious to know Ruggs and Delhauer. What you guys thought, Ruggs, let me start with you, because last season you were very critical of the show. Yes. It rarely satisfied you. You were always like, no, it sucks. And if it did do something good, we were surprised. What were your thoughts on this whole thing? Okay, so basically what what the great, the masterstroke of this episode was that it finally created attention for like a, a the bad guy, the, the antagonist. Okay. Yeah. So you finally <laughs> have you ha- master. 
you have like, you know, a fucking guy that's kind of like the governor. You can't wait to see. Oh, he's way worse you know, than the Rick governor. Get his, yeah. Rick, get this guy yeah. and fucking fuck him up now. And how is he going to go about it? And um, my fear is that they have built this great amount of uh, of tension and you're they're going to fuck with you and they're going to drag it out again uh, like they do all the time. Oh, my God. You know, they will. Yeah. Why? So, the show didn't used to be like so that. This episode is probably going to be the best one of the season. And and the one where where um, I, I don't think that uh, Negan ever gets killed by him, does he? Wait, it, look, I'm I don't know if Negan is still alive in the comics. I I can tell you reading you a little while ago. Know. Fine. Go ahead. Imran has all the answers. He is. OK, thank you. Yes. I'm sorry for sounding very sarcastic. <laughs> it's okay. You're a ginger. I'll give you a pass. <laughs> so he eventually does die then. No, no, no. He's, no, still, he's alive. still alive. So, still alive. So yeah, so he's never going to get revenge. So Jeffrey, Jeffrey D. Nope. Morgan is locked in to be in this show forever at this point. Pretty much. Pretty much. If they're going to go any way like they're doing in the comic books. Wow. Tell Howard what you think overall. Um, overall, it was eye popping. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? No. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, f- first of all, I will say it was a million times better than the season six premiere. Really? Which well, I, I legitimately ca- um, considered to be one of the worst fucking episodes of that show. <laughs> oh, my God. To, to give me an hour and a half episode. And you're like, what we're going to do is like heard these half walkers. Of it's going to be in black and white. Yeah. Half of it's going to be in color. It's going to be all told uh, in, in nonlinear fashion. They Tarantino did. And all it's going to do is it's going to do fucking nothing happens. That is true. Nothing did happen by the end of that. Day. Um, it's plan. like, it's like, okay, by the way, you know, uh, the, the kid that Rick killed his dad, he's, he's mad about that. And there are walkers because apparently those are still a fucking threat. <laughs> And we need to do something about these walkers, but no one wants to do anything, but we have to do something. And I don't want to kill, but I have to kill. And I don't take chances anymore. And then he took a huge fucking <laughs> chance in this this walker parade plan. Yeah, it was the and bl- it just blew up in his face because nothing Rick does ever yeah, goes right. It was a really bad plan. To yeah, the Rick Nato. <laughs> yeah. It was a really bad plan. I mean, for, for once, like, this premiere, as much as I fucking hated the, the season finale, I hated, I mean, like, I loved the 15-minute the speech from, from Negan because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is the best thing that ever happened to this goddamn show. But I hated the cliffhanger. It is stupid to do a cliffhanger ending in the day of the internet. Because as much you can film every single character dying, but when you do that and then two actors don't show up on set ever again, we know who died, assholes. Was it spoiled? Because I oh, tried yeah. to stay away and I like it got out. Really? I knew before the episode. Wow! I legitimately, I was like, I was trying not to find out because there's there there was a picture at one point of that uh, apparently Michael Cutlets took where it was him kissing his own bashed in head. Oh shit. And that apparently got out because why wouldn't it? Yeah. And then everyone realized that uh, Steven Yun wasn't on set like ever again. <laughs> they're like, where is he? Where's and they're Steven? like, oh shit, where's he? And so I think the weirdest thing was was that they randomly they randomly put out an article on I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it might have been like on uh, Heroic Hollywood or, or Collider or something. Yeah. And it was. An interview with Steven Yun talking about how much it sucks 
like leaving the cast of Walking Dead. And they put it out like a week and a half before the premiere. Oh boy. But the thing is it doesn't it didn't say at all like he was gonna die in the premiere or that his character had gotten killed off. It was just him saying, like, yeah, it sucks that I'm not gonna be around with them as much. And so I was like, oh, are they going to have it that maybe his character's like somewhere else and he's just like maybe he's making a movie. And yeah, so he's not going to be on the show. Or but something. I was like, I was like, that's what anyone could say. But I know for a fact he's dead. Like if, if they wanted to fake everybody out, they could have just hired Steven Yoon to show up to set and just sit there. Exactly. I said, if you really want this to be a a, 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 a like a non spoiled thing, yeah. you have to have every single person, even if their character dies on set. All the time. For the whole fucking season. Yeah, in makeup and everything. Yeah, like, in costume, they gotta be talking, you have to pretend to fucking film scenes, like, there are people, like, vultures outside yeah. the walls of you filming. Yeah. They're gonna recognize any problem. Man, you really gotta try hard in this day and age. But that, part of the issue I had is that I, this, this whole story, this whole night could have been told at the end of last season in one episode. Yeah, what they I didn't have to hold it out for, no, like, all that yeah, time. What a few really people had said was, what they could have done was, if you're gonna kill off two characters because you need to break Rick and you need to show Negan's a bad guy... Kill off Abraham at the end of the fucking Yeah, that's season. what Anthony said, too. Yep. Kill off Abraham, you know, and then make that your cut to black. He he bat, hits him in the head. Oh, this one's a fighter. Suck my nuts. Blah, 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 blah. Bashes his head in. Everyone's upset. And he's all, you know, all right. You know, you know, my look at my dirty girl, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you go to credits. So you're like, oh, shit. All right. They just kind of amped it up there. You come into the season premiere Daryl tries to punch him in the face. Yes. He says, I told you I was going to shut that shit down, and now he kills Glenn. Yes. And now that is a huge fucking shock. That I mean, if they wanted to do the shock, yes. But I would have been even all right with just leaving me with this feeling of devastation that I got at the end of this episode. Well, and the other problem that I had, because the, the problem I had with last season, and I'm afraid I'm going to have with this season, is you see all of the fucking TV-making uh, tricks yeah. laid out in front of you. So they do their fucking season ender because they want you to spend all summer going, oh, who did he kill? Who did he kill? And then they bring it into the, the season premiere, and they knew that if they immediately showed you Abraham and Glenn die, people were going to be upset, and you'd have a shit ton of people probably even turn the show off. So what do they do? They start off at the moment right after that happens, bring you further into the story without revealing it, and wait until the 30-minute mark of they the episode to show you, you who yes. dies. Yes. Because as long as they make it to 30 minutes, that 30 minutes gets counted as an episode in the fucking Nielsen ratings. Oh, wow. That's what they're doing? Jesus. Holy so it's shit. As long as That's they retarded. have you tied in for 30 minutes... The 9 to 9.30 slot is Walking Dead can be counted as the episode when it comes to ratings. So if you drop out for 9.30 to 10, they don't give a shit because they still get to say the highest rated episode of Walking Dead. You got to hit you got to hit that button now. Amber. Gentlemen, this is democracy manifest. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, so they planned it. They planned it. They fucked with you so you would stick and with the episode. I feel like the problem I have is when they do the interview later on during the Talking Dead episode, they were talking to Gimple and yeah. he was like, well, I don't like you we really. We really wanted to make an episode where not only do you see Rick broken, but you feel it yourself. So you feel connected to Rick. Well, too bad because this isn't Rick's fucking show anymore. No, he was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I couldn't get my eyes off of him. He every line I was hanging on. Speaking of the the Nielsen Live Plus Three ratings, real quick, this fucking so the Live Plus Three, I guess, is the day and then three days after DVR. Mm -hmm. 
20.8 million total viewers. Oh, shit. 20 Damn. million people. So that's not too bad. I think it beat out that football that night also. Yes. Whoa. Now, even on top of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because he is, number one, my favorite thing about that episode. He's going to be my favorite thing about this show for a long time. Having him make fucking dad joke puns <laughs> in the middle of murdering people makes him my favorite thing on TV in a long time. Um, I can't help but love watching him as much as I'm supposed to hate his character. And I'm sure I would have hated his character in the comics. Yeah. Because it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'll never hate him. But even in the comic books, he is a guy that you kind of like. He is so he's the similar it's, charming it's, and you like him. But the you fact that him. he is a straight up sociopath. Yes. Who, while while the governor was a psychopath who was able to manipulate people, pretend he's normal, and then he has his episodes where he like has fits of rage, Negan finds glee in devastatingly violent acts on people. And this is what was interesting. I've heard from I, I noticed people who who didn't watch the show and they and they or they left and they just watched this episode. They they were hooked to come back in, and a lot of people who've been watching the show got to this episode. And they were done. And part I'm still like, I don't know where I land because I part of what bothers me is that I'm sick of them fucking with their viewers. They are toying with the viewers and it's and it's in a cheap way for cheap thrills. The the show is built to troll you at this point. But why? It wasn't like it's, that when Frank Darabon was fucking running the thing. No, he actually it wasn't wrote good stories. I honestly feel what it is is that now that they have hit season seven, before it even aired, they were renewed for season eight. Gimple feels like I can do whatever the fuck I want and you're still going to watch. And he's kind of right. And Anthony also made the argument that in, if you binge watch this, it probably plays a lot better. Truth is, and, and you always get that chance because every major holiday just before Fear the Walking Dead starts, just before Walking Dead starts, they will marathon every goddamn season for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's AMC has built this to be their flagship show. They will pump all the money they need to into it. It's not going to get canceled until they see a drastic ratings drop, and it's, they're not going to see it for a long time. I mean, they did the what they is, needed to do. But do you think this is going to get resolved, like this whole Negan thing going to get resolved this No. This no, this no. is like a reset his, for the show. If his character is not dead yet in the comics, he's around for a while. Yeah. As far as I know, the biggest problem is, is that Negan and his crew will be antagonists for this season. Yeah. At least until they introduce the characters of the Whisperers. Yep. At which point they will then no longer have to worry about Negan and his crew. And actually, if they follow the comics, wind up uh, becoming allies with them to take on the Whisperers. Yes. Uh, so you will see yes. his you will see Rick having to decide that the greatest villain he's ever faced now has to become his ally to take on people who dress up in dead Walker skin. Ah, I want to talk about how he deals with this in the comic books, but I don't want to spoil anything because it's, well, it's in the comics and we're a bunch of comic book people. So, okay, this is uh, what I want to say is that when Rick does get the the chance for revenge, he decides that instead of killing Negan, he's going to start to rebuild society and it's he wants him to suffer. So he jails him in a prison. To like be tried at a later date or whatever. That so this is Rick's big comeback is I'm gonna make you sit and rot in this prison instead of killing you. Because the even only, killing Negan is not gonna make the both sides even. Like that's not enough. The only thing that I am waiting for 
is that they will follow if they follow this storyline is when things get bad with the whisperers they will have the classic wild west moment where Rick is going to have to walk into the jailhouse with his tail between his legs yeah. and go I need your help, Negan. <laughs> yep. And at which point you, I could just picture Jeffrey Dean Morgan with that big ass smile yep. through the bars going, of course you well, do. Well, 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 look what we have here. Uh, but I remember Morgan was building like a, a prison in the last season. Yes. Uh, the one, the one that he was planning on keeping, uh, the wolf like, guy, I in. guess the wolf in yeah, and yeah. everyone was like, Oh, he's probably going to keep Carol in there. And yeah. I was like, well, if he does, I hope he gets killed. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I want to ask you guys what you thought about one thing, because I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I love the fact that he made Rick his bitch. Uh, this seemed like a new reset for the show. The violence, though, I got to be honest, I they may have pushed the crossed the line a little bit. Did it bother anybody else? No, really? In a show, in a show called The Walking Dead, oh. where they've gutted on, people, Imran. cut off limbs. I thought it, uh, I thought some of it was unnecessary. And sometimes off-screen violence is more meaningful. Truth is, the reason that they went so over the top with Glenn was because, A, it's exactly what they did in the comics. Yes. And, B, because they wanted his death to be so devastating that instead of just, oh, you know, look at Jeffrey Dean Morgan being backlit while he beats up a dummy, they wanted that moment of him completely battered trying to speak through having his brain caved in jesus christ and that was the point it's meant to be so upsetting that you will never forget how upsetting that moment was and that's probably the reason why i didn't kind of give a shit i mean i i love the character i love steven yun as an actor and i will say the acting in this episode is the best that i've seen in a long time Mm. on the show Mm when Rick completely breaks the fuck down when Negan is telling him to cut off Carl's arm yes, and he's fucking his you know, snot flying out of his nose <laughs> That's and he's great. crying yeah. like a two year old. Yeah. Like that is probably some of the best fucking acting I've seen in a long time. And I, if I, I feel so bad that Andrew Lincoln's not going to see anything in a legitimate award for that. He should get some like, kind of nomination. Sure, they'll, they'll probably they'll probably give him a nomination for the Saturn Awards, but like that's damn near. I can't. I can't imagine like uh, the ratings people watching this episode, like unless they're fans or something. Yeah, like and being like and being able to sit through it. Yeah, I, and that's the other thing is like I don't think I could watch this episode again. It disturbed me so fucking much. I can watch it again, but I don't. I think the problem I had was it wasn't even the disturbing violence. It wasn't, you know, how disturbing Negan was supposed to be or anything like that. It really was the structure of it. The fact that they decided to go halfway through the episode before they cut back to the thing that they teased for fucking five months straight. Plus, they teased you then by showing you all these other characters. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's them. I was like, oh, fuck you. The fact that when he's like going when he's going, you know, uh, crazy Rick with the the hatchet. Yeah. Killing all the walkers. Yeah. And now he's picturing all of the other people. getting their Heads bashed. Yes. And you're like, oh, because they needed to do something with the the footage they used to throw off everyone who was trying to figure out who got killed. Did you guys also see the the leaked footage with Maggie? No, what was that? So a couple days ago, it was leaked that they actually filmed a alternate take where it was Maggie instead of Abraham that gets their head bashed. Oh in. shit! Really? And that I mean, it would explain as to why Glenn would freak out and try it, like, and it would give a I guess a little bit more of a reason to have Glenn get killed because he would obviously he would try attack and him, him, and then uh. and then he said, "Yo, I would shut that shit down. That makes sense." Instead of Daryl punches him in the face, fine, I'm going to kill Glenn then. 
Like, well, then he takes. Daryl I think that's also. one of the biggest problems I have. Is yeah, I don't get the train of the, thought either. The episode, it's as much as they were like, oh, well, it's an episode that's supposed to supposed to break Rick. Like I said, this isn't Rick's show anymore, and I don't mean that because Negan's here. I mean for the past four, uh, three seasons, ever since season four, it's been an ensemble show. Yeah, well, the moment that they bro- the, the prison fell, they broke the group up, and you're getting multiple stories from different angles. Yeah, that means it's not Rick's story anymore because we're following everybody. That's so to point. now say that, oh, well, we're showing how all of this has affected Rick. I don't give a shit how it affected Rick because I've actually followed Glenn as a character and not as a side piece. So to have him killed off as a way to make Rick suddenly lose his shit is honestly bullshit. I mean, I also thought like Glenn's death ultimately didn't hit me at the as hard in the way it should have. It hit me in the sense that I didn't see it coming and it was fucking graphic, but it didn't hit me emotionally because they teased this shit last episode. They dragged it on and in the comic book the issue Negan shows up is the issue Glenn dies. Boom, boom, like that. And you're like, it's what? The exact same thing. It's no, that. but this, they dragged it. It's not the same thing because no, they no, were well, talking I mean about is, Negan for fucking half of the season. They're like, yeah, Negan this, Negan that. They're showing photos of people's heads bashed in. It kind of it, ruined the whole tension. I was going to say, and again, it's because this was, this was Gimple and Walking Dead fucking with their fans. Hey, why? You all know Negan from the comic. Uh, You've all wanted to see Negan for a while. Well, guess what? You're going to see Negan and you're not going to see Negan until the last episode. You know what? You're not going to see Negan until the last 15 minutes of the last episode. Yeah. I mean, again, it's this Internet age where and it's them trying to hype it like it kind of ruined the whole thing. And especially in the same fact of could you imagine what the last episode of last season would have been like if you didn't know Jeffrey Dean Morgan was going to play Negan? That would have been amazing. That's what I wish. It would have been fucking mind blowing. Yes. But the fact that like two episodes into season six, we're getting internet stories about Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Negan's coming. Uh, Yeah. The problem is, is that they, they, what they have is they have hype on their side. It's too gimmicky. It's getting way too gimmicky. Their, their whole thing is not only has the show become so formulaic and that's why I'm hoping the introduction of Negan and everything like that will be able to break it down because this time it's not, oh, there's no safe place. We have to move somewhere else. It's there's no safe place because we can't fucking escape. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you they work for him now. I, I mean, I love those lines where he's like, you're mine. Everything you have is mine. And what I love about him, if I, I'll, I'll go into my my um, sucking Jeffrey Dean Morgan's dick. Uh, <laughs> <Okey-dokey>. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I love this. <laughs> What I love about him is, as you can see that he has so much fun playing the character, you see the glee on his face when he's telling these bad jokes and he's bashing people's heads in and he's doing the eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and he's he's giving them the, you know, the, you know, the, I, I'm going to have to beat the holy hell out of one of you. But then he also has the ability later on in that episode when he takes Rick away in the uh, Winnebago. Yeah. That you then see him turn and he's not smiling anymore. In fact, he is mean mugging the fuck out of rick (laughs) and you and it's in that moment that you see him doing that and you realize like in that moment i would understand that this dude's not just crazy he is the kind of crazy that you can never be prepared for yes because he he flips on a dime he's a big imposing motherfucker like he he is probably one of the first people that rick has come up against that is actually bodily larger He's got skinny legs, but the way he carries himself, he's just like so intimidating. And yeah, he scared the shit out of me. He legitimately scared the shit out of me. But it's also even on top of that, like for so long, everything that we've seen, everything we've seen seen of everybody was 
you know, they're all in like military chic because yeah. it's supposed to be the apocalypse. Yes. And Negan's walking around in a fucking leather motorcycle yeah. jacket and yeah. a goddamn scarf. And that red because scarf. I get it that it's like iconic from the comic book, but it's also iconic of the character because it's he's not he's not dressed to survive. He's dressed just like he's going out on the fucking town. It's, yeah, he's dressed for styling. And uh, I mean, if you look at it from his point of view, like, who's the bad guy? Like, he's running things, and this motherfucker Rick exactly, comes in exactly and kills all said, his people. Exactly he, what he said. Yeah. He said to Rick, you killed a lot of my men. Yeah. More than I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Which is like, it's like, yeah, he kind of doesn't give a shit about people's lives, but it's imagine it's a weird how Rick would have reacted if yeah. like Negan and a bunch of his guys showed up at Alexandria yeah. and just started stabbing people in their sleep. Rick is an idiot, and this is all his fault that they're in this fucking position. Well, not all of it. No? It is Daryl's fault that Glenn is dead. No, but it's Rick's fault ultimately for running into the arsenal without any kind of a recon or finding out that there's an army. Like, he put all of them in this well, yeah. against the fact- them. The fact that he straight up decided, well, we're just mercenaries now. Like, I mean, you, you have just learned what mercenaries are. But that was the change last season when they're suddenly killing people in their sleep. You know, it's not just you don't even know these are bad guys. You're just coming in and you're sticking knives in their ears. And I was like, fuck. But Ruggs, you didn't this kind of it just disturbed me. You didn't have a problem with the violence and the like this bat is a Twitter emoji. And it's just kind of like. Well, you know, if you're going to let him do this, let him swear. Let him say fuck every other line. That's less. Well, listen, I, I don't give a shit if they what they do. They should be able to say fuck. Why not? He should. I, mean, I don't care. But I mean, like uh, the violence, it's. Is it excessive? It could be a little bit excessive, but I mean, people are watching the show to because it does push the envelope and, and what can be done on TV. So the fact that they showed this, I'm like, I'm not surprised. And it didn't really. uh you know, the fact that it's a bloody pulp and, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's nothing shocking to me after seeing like all the horror movies that I've seen. And Game of Thrones is just shit. as violent. More, yeah, right? Absolutely. See, I don't watch the Game of Thrones. But for this, for AMC, I don't know. It's like, would you w- sit there with your your kid and watch this if they're really? Why you don't watch would you this sit with there with your kid anyway? Yeah, this is not for kids. <laughs> like, you know, the reason kids it's called TVMA yeah. is because you're not supposed to have children watch. So when you yeah. have. When you have articles coming out about like parents against television yes. or whatever saying yes. like this episode oh went God. too far, yeah. fuck you for having your kids sitting there. That's your fault. Yeah, well, that's just bad parenting. And I mean, I get it. It's The Walking Dead. You want, but I just think it's relying too much on Are shock you really and being gore. A social justice warrior on The Walking Dead violence. <laughs> it's a fucking Walking Dead zombie show where people fucking are walking around in entrails. But it out. just made me feel the first goddamn weird. episode. <laughs> It's because you're a I pussy. Guess, yeah, well, I guess it would true. be technically the second, but the second goddamn episode, they gutted a man and they wore his intestines. Yeah. It's a good yeah. point. It's a good point. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Emron. I, I, do, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like the continual showing us everyone getting bashed in the head. Then, then don't watch The Walking Dead. Watch another show, Emron. I guess you're it's right. Like, I mean, if it wanted to elicit a response from the viewer, it did that. I just, I don't know if I like the response. It's a savage show. It's, it's brutality at its worst. It's man at its worst. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still I'm still digesting it. And I'm like, ultimately, my feeling on it is as as crazy and ridiculous as the violence gets. um, Have either of you seen the the unedited version of the Negan speech from season six? Oh, with all the fucks in there with with him saying fuck like 37 different times. No, 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 I haven't. seen. So here's the thing. It is legitimately word for word the speech from the comic. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people who are fans of the comic had said like, oh, I really wish they had let him do the actual speech from the comic. Here is my feeling on it. 
I am honestly glad they didn't because I don't think having him say fuck 37 times makes him imposing. Yeah. It makes him sound like a 15 year old. (laughs) And it's the problem I've had with Robert Kirkman's writing for the longest time. Yeah. Is that Robert Kirkman doesn't write dialogue that people say. Robert Kirkman writes dialogue that he thinks is cool. Yeah. It's kind of like a Tarantino thing. It's why it's why he has Negan say, I'm going to beat the fuck fucking fuckity fuck out of one of you. Yep. Nobody says that. Wait even, a minute. Even Jeffrey Dean Morgan saying it in the unedited version of the speech, <laughs> he kind of sells it. Yeah. But it's one of those moments where you're like, nobody talks like that. Not even he talks like that. I love the way he talks in the book, though. Cause wait, wait, have you lived in New York at all? Who, People what, talk like yeah, that. Yeah, they do. You can, I mean, you know, you can. Hey, go to Queens. Yeah. I'll say, look, <laughs> you can use fuck for every part of speech in the English the pro- language. It's even on top of things like in the comic, you know, the governor threatening Michonne that he's going to rape the ever living dog shit out of her. <laughs> like, this is him writing what he thinks bad people say. Yeah. A but bit, it's not writing bit. what what actual people would say. Maybe they would. I don't know. But honestly, even if it even if real people would talk like that, you're ra- you're writing a story. Give me a character that's not some jackass out of Queens. <laughs> Do you guys want to know at all his backstory or is it better to like not know where all I know from? is I, the little bit that I know is that he he may be a sociopath. He goes around killing people, beating their heads in and everything. But he holds to a code. Yes. Of things like he he does not tolerate rape. And will kill a man for having done so. I believe he does in the yes, comic. Yes. And it, it's just that like he he's this weird mix of like serial killer and samurai. Yeah, he's got some weird moral code. That's for sure. But I mean, as a viewer, do you think you want to know more or is it just enough to know that this guy's just fucking a psycho? And uh, I don't. It's going to be cool to tune in to see what Negan is all about and watch a story unfold of like his character. Yeah. yeah. And. I think though uh, people are going to tire of the th- of these things that kind of like get dragged out. They're going to yes. they're going to drag it out. Yes. They're going to milk it and it, and uh they're going to make you think that Rick's going to get revenge and and when then it doesn't happen uh, or it does not happen in a satisfying way. I think people are going to be done with the show. There's no way that he can get revenge in a satisfying way after what Negan did to them. Like how do you what what would make it equal? Honestly, that's the thing is there really isn't anything yeah what so you, far you, you try to think of like oh what can you do that's that's worse to him than what he did to the two of them like not much his head and it's the same thing well, they have to gain something that's the thing that's something that balances the scales mm. yeah it may not be like you know it may not be uh you know a death or an eye for an eye but it should be the balancing of the scales of some power power maybe like a power changer he gets uh he gets put in charge of the group or something. Honestly, I think the only way that you can possibly have Rick gain something over Negan is he has to make Negan fear him. Yeah, he's got to break as him. As much as Negan yeah. made him fear Negan. And that, it's, that works. But it's, it's but one of those things of Negan's crazy enough that he won't. He'll no. die before he, yep. he's afraid of Rick. Yep. Like he, everything he has proved is, is that he's not a man who feels fear. Nope. He ain't afraid of shit. And that's clear. Yeah. It's, that's the problem is that when you have someone who is so drastically unbalanced taking on someone who was like a normal dude that's been pushed beyond his limit several times. Yeah. There is no crazy Rick can be that will top Negan. 
Oh, it's so devastating. Like they have never met someone like this. And I mean, like, I do enjoy this, that it's kind of a, a, a new direction in a way, I hope. And it's, it's, you know, killing Negan isn't going to do it because it's just, it's no. just taking him out of the way. Yeah. Even, even killing Negan and taking over his crew or something like that. Yeah. isn't going to do it. Nope. Leaving Negan alive in jail. Isn't going to do it. Leaving Negan alive and taking his crew away. So he's on his own. That won't do it. Cause Negan can kill as many people as he wants. What if Rick straps him down and they make him watch a bunch of people getting raped? That would make him mad, right? I, I mean, it might make him Hulk out. <laughs> he doesn't stand for that. If there's anything Negan yeah, doesn't stand so for. Mad. I told you there was one thing I don't like, Rick. Oh, um, my by God. By the way, yeah. so I had a conversation. I don't know how long we want to go on The Walking Dead. Yeah, we're almost done. Uh, a conversation that I guess you can, you can extend out to other people to, okay. to send in uh, their responses to is... How do you think things with Negan would have gone down if Shane was still alive? Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's like changing. Because I know a lot of people were saying like, they're like, oh, man, you know, Negan seems like he's what Shane would have become. And I was like, honestly, no, because Shane didn't like what he did. He did what he had to do to survive, but he didn't take like a glee in having. It wasn't a fucking psychopath. Huh, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know if uh, he would have taken... He probably would have taken the beating for them. And that would have been it. But they were someone was going to die. They were going to get killed. <laughs> squishy, squishy. There's I think, a lot I think in the end, the, the, the decision I came to was if Shane was still alive, and I mean like Shane instead of Rick. Yeah. Like oh. Shane killed Rick like he planned. Oh, uh, sorry, I should I should have said that. I mean, even if even if Rick was still alive or whatever, if Shane was still there, yeah, they never would have been in that situation. Yeah, for the reason that when they first came across the governor, Shane would not have put up with that shit. No, he would have killed him. He wouldn't have away. played the. He wouldn't have played the. We can all live together. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, the moment he had the sit down meeting with the governor, he would have put a bullet in his other eye. Yep, yep. And would have said, "And now Woodsbury's mine." Yeah, and, and even in the books, Rick is constantly trying to like, look, we could rebuild civilization. We don't have to be savages. When everyone around him is like, uh, look, this is a different world, but he's trying to maintain humanity, which is why he jails him, I guess, instead of killing him. Uh, it's Ultimately, it always boils down to Rick's trying to prove to Carl that humans yeah, can still be good. That there's a future, Meanwhile, yes. Carl's a fucking psychopath. Hardens, Carl's a hardened killer at this point where he's like, just do it. Just fucking it's, cut I it think, off. I honestly think my favorite interaction from, from the two episodes Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been in is the one where he's he's leaning down in front of Carl and he just goes, Jesus Christ, kid, <laughs> at least cry or something. Yeah, he's so like... <laughs> Desensitized. Like he is he is put off by Carl. I mean, I, I, I think he and the audience are so desensitized now to this violence. Like that's what I just kept thinking watching the violence. I was like, and that's the ah. thing is if you notice, like, Carl still is the only one that doesn't cry. Yeah. Even when both uh Glenn and Abraham have their fucking heads bashed uh, in. Yeah. He is still just like, huh. Yeah. Because he was born to this shit. That's true. He's a lot taller now. <laughs> Notice that. A lot more hair. He's, he's a lot. I think his voice is a little. I, mean, I don't even think he can remember a time like, you know, yeah. he's been, you know, where he wasn't running away from shit or killing people. Well, we're going to get to meet uh, the kingdom and Ezekiel and his tiger and find out what Morgan and Carol have been up to uh, in the next episode. So we'll see how this shakes out. Uh, but crazy. Uh, I guess they achieved what they wanted to do. It just 
It left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I was because I'm a pussy. The violence. I'm I'm not giving up on the show yet. I, I've said so many times in season six, like, oh, I'm, I'm so fucking done with right? the show, but I'm still watching. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the sucker that that Gimple is is pulling in, even though I keep saying that I can see his bullshit. Yeah, that's what makes so me I'm, mad. I'm ultimately the the fucking uh, hypocrite in the situation of being like, oh, they're ruining this show. I'll watch it. Yeah, though. he's got us. Rugs. I, I've got I've got their number. I know what the fuck they're gonna do. It's just like I'm just watching to see basically just Negan and wa- and see how they deal with his character. That's ultimately, the reason I'm tuning in. Ultimately, I hope that they really don't follow the comics closely. Yeah, because if they do, you're at a point now where the co- it's it's getting closer and closer to the most recent things in the comic and. At that point, there's no fun to it because you already know everything that happens. I was surprised that they did issue 100 with a slight variation, but they fucking did the issue 100. Yeah, but it's like if they decide that they're going to go with the all out war storyline yes. and they're going to have Maggie taking over Hilltop and all that crap, like it's not going to be fun. I'll, I'll like watching oh, Jeff but Maggie Morgan, is so badass. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, if the next episode he's not in it at all, are you going to be disappointed, Rugs? Be like, ah, fuck this. Where's where's Negan? Yeah, he's got. We gotta shift to Negan. He can't just disappear. Well, I mean, the uh, the story's gonna shift to like Morgan and Carol and the Kingdom. They're just not gonna show him. They're gonna probably skip him for an episode and come back and show him the next okay, episode well, kind of thing. Well, it need well that needs to be expanded upon too. The, what's going on with Carol? Yes, so the others. We need to see that too. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's okay. I am just, I am honestly just waiting for my, um, Rick and Negan day in the life of episode where <laughs> he, where, cause I feel like it's gotta happen where Negan's gonna show up. He's gonna knock on the door. He's gonna say to Rick, I need you to come with me cause we gotta do something. And Rick's like, um, okay. Yeah. And Negan's like, don't forget you belong to me. And yeah. it's just like, just an entire day of Negan going around just like being fucking crazy. <laughs> Making him do stupid this shit. Guy, yeah. Doing whatever that is. It's just like and every time like they cut to Rick and he's just got this look on his face like, what the fuck? Oh, is I love I now? love that. They sh- they have to do that. I would watch that. That's great. I don't know if I can stay. <laughs> That's great. It's just I just I want to see an episode where it is legitimately it is an hour long of Negan just being like, just remember. I could do this to anybody, including <laughs> your son. And just like, and now light this on fire. Yeah. I'll blow this thing up. Okay. You're my bitch. All right. Well, you know, with the fucking, with the, we'll, we'll be, we'll be watching. Uh, let's move on to some uh, uh, television. We, we watched during the week. Uh, Delahower, Ruggs and I, we end up watching everything. Ruggs, would do watch uh, most of the shows this week? I did everything except for get through flash. Okay. And Delahower, what did you, what are you caught up to? Uh, Flash and Legends. Okay, so what should we talk about? You didn't you didn't watch this week's Flash Rug Boy. I watched Flash until like midpoint in the NFL. <laughs> I got up to the part where like they were kissing, and then the dad was like uh, uh, grossed out, and then she makes uh, Barry go and talk to him about about the stuff. Wait, that was last week's episode. No, that was this that week. was this week. Okay, yeah. uh, Delahower, what do you think about this season so far? Um, I mean, with it's, the flashpoint and all that, it's all right, I guess. <laughs> I'm getting sick of this show. Are you really? Myself. It's. Yeah. I think the problem is, is it's this. The biggest issue with CWWB, you know, DC stuff having um like fucking five shows now. Yeah, there's well, there's is, four in a row. Yeah, yeah, f- three out of four of them follow the exact same uh, yeah, outline of much. how an episode goes. Yeah, uh, bad guy shows up, 
main hero has to do something about it. Didn't work. Got to go back and talk to the team. What are we going to do this time? All right, maybe I'll try that. Hmm, that didn't work either. Third time's the charm, and then we Teamwork are the bad guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, we also have our B and C story. Yep, yep. B story is usually some sort of a love story, and the C story is something to do with the team doing their own shit on the side. Damn, you fucking nailed that formula. That is every show <laughs> on the CW. Oh, well done. You just so, described every episode so, of every show. So to fit that formula was this week, Barry has to fight the Mirror Master and Top. And the Top. While also juggling his new love life with Iris, while finding, you know, and uh, realizing that he finds it uncomfortable being uh, intimate while Joe is around. And on the other side, the team is trying to find themselves yet another Harrison. I love that. I love they went recruit to their team. They went shopping. That was really, really like awkward. They went shopping for a Harrison Wells. And he was helping that them. He was, like, I gotta, it was his idea. I gotta get the fuck out of here. And then he's, he's, like, he's like, well, he I can't be on your earth all the time, yeah. so steal one from another earth. And then he didn't want, he didn't like the guy. But how awesome is Kavanaugh to play all these versions of Wells so hilariously? Never trust a mime. Uh, <laughs> the best line of the episode. <laughs> That's right. He's like, I don't like him. Oh, pass. The cowboy Wells. And then, like, the one they picked on was. Then, like, hipster. Hippy, hipster dippy like, Wells, um, yeah. I called him Silicon Valley Wells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the the one they actually this they they landed it's with the one that yeah. they landed on where he's got the he's got the vest and like the slouchy beanie hat? Yeah, I'm just he's, glad he's like one step away from Kel- like saying namaste to everybody <laughs> when he walks in the room. I'm just glad they have a Harrison Wells back because they must have been like people miss the Harrison Wells. Everyone everyone yeah. wants wants should have given him sideburns. Oh, like, sideburn Wells, sideburn sideburns and a soul patch would have been. <laughs> That's yeah. all a little piece necklace, and then you see like Caitlyn using her powers more, which I thought was pretty interesting. She's this could be just a lot of metas. I I kind of like that they have like a Mirror Master. Like I love the new rogues. Mirror Master was definitely definitely pretty cool. Definitely definitely interesting. Uh, top was pointless. Yeah, she was just uh, like they don't even they don't even touch on how Jesse overcomes the vertigo. It's like the first time she does it, she gets hit with the vertigo and like falls off a damn building and right. Barry goes and saves her. Right. The second time she gets hit with the vertigo, just runs in a circle, runs around the room and then punches top. She of the like counter she counter vertigos herself or something. I, I guess it's like, oh, I feel like I'm spinning clockwise, so I'll run counterclockwise. Yeah. It's like you're not actually spinning. This is all being done to you like through manipulation. They should have just left this episode topless. Oh, there you go. Geek moments. <laughs> uh, Had to be done. The, <laughs> yeah, and the fun, you know, again, I'm kind of getting annoyed with the Barry Iris thing. Like, it never worked in the last season. And, like, every time you're like, I don't care. Just move on to the next thing. Well, especially because it's like. In the first season, Iris was a character. She yes. had her own things that she was doing. Like, she was dating Eddie, fine, whatever. Right. But first she's doing the flash blog, then she's writing for the paper, and she has her own storyline. Now, legitimately, the only reason she's there is to be in a relationship with Barry. I just can't believe that this is a fucking real problem. <laughs> like, what is the issue? can't make out? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is such... What is this? And it's like, and especially because they... It's all to lead up to this awkward moment where he gets trapped inside a mirror that they apparently, like, cut out and bring back to fucking Star Yeah, Labs. yeah, that's what... That's, they couldn't... They pulled was, the whole thing it, out. I was gonna say, wasn't it, like, the fucking reflective window of a building? Yeah, it was part of, like, a building. I was like, they had to pull this whole thing out. I really wanted to know what it's like in the mirror world. That's all and, I wanted to know, well, and they didn't I fucking also, show us. I also thought it was so weird in the fact that him being trapped in the mirror... 
like technically doesn't that just make him like two dimensional because he's just stuck inside the mirror yet they had all these different angle shots of him talking to people well he so can it's turn like, in there well that, you know you read it in the comic books and that's why i was i was like what is what does this actually look like when you're in this mirror realm but they didn't show us but um you talk back i mean yeah and so outside of that like they 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 have it so that he's stuck there so he can't run away from iris and now they can talk about their relationship problems and it's like yeah <laughs> which is not a really a real problem no, and all it, all it is is it's she says like i'm fine with our relationship dad's fine with our relationship so what's your problem he's like i don't know i guess i just find it weird and it's like Oh, yeah, because you've been chasing her for two seasons. But if he thinks it's weird because Joe is kind of like his dad, then it should be even weird kissing Iris, who's like your fucking sister, if Joe's like yeah. your dad. Oh, no, that's fine because yeah. he's getting some. Oh, uh, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, I can understand it's the idea that like Joe raised him, that's his daughter, you work with him every day, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, like, like you said... You lived with this girl as like your adopted sister yes, all your life, it's but you're you're creepy. perfectly fine with like putting your tongue in her mouth yeah. immediately. But if Joe knows about it, that's yeah, wrong. That's silly. Yeah, they should just get a hotel room. Fuck it. Yeah, well, and then that's that's their solution. Is the end of the episode. His solution is I'll move out of. The oh, house. that's right. He's gonna get his own place or whatever. Yeah. So he already had an apartment, then decided to get rid of it and move in with Joe because Iris moved in with Eddie. He's lived in the house for like three years, which I'm pretty sure Iris moved back in after Eddie died. Yeah. And now he's again, he's like, well, maybe I should get my own place. It's like, oh, really? I loved uh, when Wells uh, brought up the name Mirror Master and then Cisco's like, what the top? You want to go? Let's go. Like he was mad that he beat him to a name. I just, I just love the fact that he says <laughs> the Mirror Master and uh, he turns around. He's just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> he took my thing. Ah, but uh, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, it's ultimately it had some fun moments, yeah. but I think um, the relationship story was stupid. Yeah. The shopping for Wells was fun. Mirror Master was interesting. Top was pointless. And it really hurt to see them bring back Snart and then not have Snart anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was a flashback. It's like, oh, it's a flashback. And then we have a hologram of him. Fuck you. Bring him back already. <laughs> yeah, you, and he you fucked everything else up in the world, Barry. You can't give me snart. Well, look, on Legends, you can bring anyone back, but I think he's busy filming uh, Prison Break. But then Mick is also on Prison say, Break. And, I was gonna he's say, fine. And, and yet Dominic Purcell yeah. is on every episode of fucking Legends. Yeah. Speaking of Legends, let's go to that one. You, ever, you saw that one, right, Ruggs? Yeah, I saw Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. We got to see some, uh, we got to see Nick Zano steal up. That was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. Kind of terrible. In, in bad CGI, a citizen. Was, was, oh my god, citizen steel. It was. Uh, it wasn't the level of the T one thousand from uh, Terminator two. They should just not do that <laughs> if they're going to do it that bad. They should just not do it. But at the same time, I mean, having seen the the effects in the previous episode yeah. of the hulked out Nazi. Oh, that was so bad. Oh my like, god, we, we that was horrible. Really we knew what level we were on here, boys. That one though was really oh, oh I was like what is, I was laughing out loud like what is this the editing in that episode hurt me too like you just randomly have like the they show the shot of the CGI plane dropping bombs yes that was that it, was out of just, place yeah just billowing smoke and, yep. and the two guys just laying on the ground you're like oh so we couldn't actually afford to show them blowing up but none of that made sense if that bomb hit there and he's okay like uh, but the other guy is in a coma but you were like literally next to each 
each other. And oh then, my God. And then while Here's... they're being chased by the Nazi guy, like, where the fuck is everybody else? Like, Here's the thing that I have come to learn about Legends, and it honestly makes me enjoy the show more. They they have done their best to to move away from the formula of CW, which I appreciate. And in doing so, they've embraced the fact that they are the campiest fucking thing alive. Yeah, it's Doctor Who cares and they're having fun. And like they fuck like in this episode, they changed this empire Japan. And as soon as it was over, I was like, oh, what is Japan going to be a fucking world power now? You just fucked everything up, you assholes. What are you doing? But what do they care? They've got a time machine. Yeah, they could go back and fix it. This is why I love the show is because they've they've written such loose rules that they can fuck around yes, wherever absolutely. they want absolutely and it's why i love it because i mean i'm i know you guys don't really care that rip hunter's gone i loved rip hunter i we i didn't like him i loved him because of the fact that his whole entire existence was just fuck you i do what i want <laughs> and it was like and then the other side was when in the first episode at the end when they're like oh we all got scattered through time I wonder where Rip is he's in the Wild West yeah he's obviously in the Wild West yeah we've established that he, loves he has that. an obsession yeah. with the Wild yeah. West yeah 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 um, oh that's a good point that's probably it that's where he's gonna be but anyway um it's like I I loved it because a I like Arthur Darvall I liked him on Doctor Who. B, I love his look, like the the swashbuckling cowboy through time thing. Mm-hmm. I think is a, a great outfit to have, uh, along with his laser shooting pistol. Yeah, and that's how you describe this show. Yeah, a time traveling cowboy with a laser shooting pistol is the greatest way to describe Legends of Tomorrow because it's none of this matters. It's all for fun. So strap the fuck in. I I love how they are so horrible and they get called out for just being really bad at at their jobs because they really oh, yeah. are. <laughs> um to, but to move on to the actual episode um to have them in feudal japan is is a really cool idea um the the way that they got there sure fine whatever you know they were screwing around firing laser bolts at, at steel and then they blew up the, the door so they're so out. stupid they're like whatever. the worst <laughs> people the thing, the thing at the same time though was is what i what i felt was if i randomly woke up after like being in a terrible accident and I now have superpowers where I can be made of metal. Yeah. I'm going to be exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be super excited about it. I'm going to do something stupid. And then when it really counts that I need my powers, it's not going to, it's not going to work <laughs> a little performance anxiety. But outside of that, like, you know, I liked the, the idea of having it set in feudal Japan. You know, the, the, um, I thought the, the villain of, of the Shogun. Yes. Was interesting enough. I love the idea that, uh, we've we've doubled back on the fact that um, Ray has said previously that he made his suit idiot proof so anybody could use yeah. it. Yeah. So now now a, a an emperor of feudal Japan is using his suit to conquer people. Oh my god! Like that's well, that, that Mick Mick Rory had the had the greatest line. He's like, uh, I made it so an idiot can use it, and he goes, and and one and does. one yeah. does. Uh, right. um, yeah. The I think honestly, like always, uh, Mick Rory is, is he's so great, dude. The whole ninjas thing, he's like, he's, I knew they were real. Even on top of the ninjas <laughs> thing, you know, the wake me up when the action starts. Yep. It's just the opening of if this is because I used all the mayonnaise, I think you're really overreacting. <laughs> it's like just <laughs> great over the top delivery like, of these lines. It's every, so good. Everything that he says is gold. Yeah, when like yeah. she accuses him of killing somebody, and all he says is, "I've killed a lot of people." You really need to be more specific. <laughs> I love roasting Nazis from the last episode. Yeah, exactly. It's so great. Or or just, you know, and then the, the fact that they don't even show him fighting ninjas. They show him get dragged away by ninjas. And then he is one. And then he just arrives in their That's outfit, which means which means Mick Rory, the powerhouse fucking uh, arsonist, 
has overpowered people who have mastered ninjutsu. Ninjas and, and samurais. Stole yeah. one of their outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ruggs, what'd you think of uh, the samurai sword fighting? I thought the two well, girls... that sword's supposed to be katana. Well, sword, yeah, that's it? the Yamashiro soul taker sword from katana. But I really liked uh, Katie Lotz and the girl playing Vixen, especially Katie Lotz with the two swords. She did a lot of her own. Yeah, stuff. I was watching. I was like, that's fucking hair. And it looked really good. Like, those are some cool sword fights. Either that or her stunt woman is like a dead on. Yeah, well, like, no, no, no. Katie Lotz does all of her own stunts because Katie Lotz was a stunt woman before she started. Oh. Like, that's the reason why when you look at her, she doesn't really look like your standard TV actress. Yes. She's got a lot more of that that stocky gymnast build. Yeah, absolutely. She was a stunt woman. That's it. She does. Wasn't she a dancer also? Yes. Yeah, man. I love I love Katie Lotz on the show as a uh, white canary, like the fucking sword fighting scene. So all the yeah, all the sword fighting was her. It, um, And it was it was great. Yeah. It looked awesome. Yeah. Like that was that was like Donnie Yen style uh swordsman work not exactly the same kind of camera uh work but definitely the same kind of like sword sword fighting but clearly they took you know the the fight choreographers paid attention to samurai the samurai bushido blade style of fighting and it looked pretty authentic i mean i don't know i I like that i like that they put her as the leader of the group i don't know how long it's gonna last but. Yeah, but I, you know, and I love that in the last episode where Stein is the leader and he just he can't make the hard choices, and and uh, Sarah's like, "No, let's do this. Let's fall back." And you realize that you know you need someone who can just make the She's call. Got the training. Yeah. What yeah. I think is very interesting is that every episode they've had so far in this season, they have a different one of the 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 legends steps up opening. Yeah. Like it's so whoever does. Oh, the, the I didn't notice that. Yes. It's very much their episode. Oh, I liked I did not catch that detail. That's pretty sweet. So to have the whole bit where, you know, they, they wind started. up in feudal Japan. Yeah. It, well, Ray Palmer did it in this one. Oh, it was Ray. Okay. So it was Ray did it. Yeah. They wind up in feudal Japan. His suit gets stolen. And now he has to fight this battle of understanding that the only thing that truly makes him a hero has to be destroyed. And it, yeah. And then they've got that 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 moment where he's talking to the father and it's the whole thing of, you know, it's not the it's not the armor, it's the man inside yeah. of it that yeah. really, you know, makes it what it is. Yeah. And they had the I I think, you know, for for this kind of a show, they had some really great dialogue, especially when he's talking to the shogun. And you know, the shogun says, "That sword is only as powerful as the man who wields it." And then he knocks the guy on his ass. And he says, yep. "And that armor's only as strong as the man inside of it." And the armor is now destroyed. Do you think that they're going to make a push to make Ray Palmer like the actual Adam and yes. without the armor? Oh. I guarantee you what they're probably going to do. Yeah. He's probably going to go fucking around with the Nazi serum that yes. they stole. Yes, that he used. And he'll wind up he'll ah. wind up giving himself Adam. Like powers. he made steel and uh, he might. Ah, I like that's probably it. That's pretty good. And so he won't need I, the suit. I guarantee you. People were probably complaining because I know I've seen a lot of people saying it as well. They probably were complaining about the Iron Man suit that was the Adam. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It should just be him. It's a great suit. It's a, but it, it looked great. But it's just way more convenient when he can just shrink down whenever he wants. And also, I mean, because how many plot points did they have that involved, you know, Palmer's suit getting you know, falling yeah, into the wrong yeah, hands yeah, in time? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's talk about the weirdest, biggest reveal uh, being that secret hatch they discover. Uh, how did they get into it they being they never showed that they had they were like oh it's got a keypad and then the sequencing lock a sequencing lock to try every number they must have tried every combination one 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 one. oh look that did it (laughs) password it was one two three four probably 
Uh, Rip, you fucking idiot. Rip is an idiot. How are they able to get in so easily? I didn't even think about that because they cut back and they're inside. And they're I was already like, in. It's like, it's like the writers were like, well, how are they going to get Who in? Who cares? I don't give a shit. <laughs> time travel? I don't know. Uh, we have a time traveling <laughs> ship. So whatever. Just, it just So there's a bunch of weapons in there and there's a message from future Barry Allen from 2056. But meant for Rip and Jackson Stein get it. We don't find out what it is. But uh, on the interwebs, uh, articles popping up saying, did Legends of Tomorrow just tease Bart Allen? Bart Allen being Barry's grandson in the future. That year, 2056, is when uh, Bart Allen's around. And you, if you watch Young Justice, you, he comes back in time to help. And Barry, and I just, I want to know what he said, but this could be a thing where he sends back his grandson to help them potentially because you can definitely tell listening to it. I mean, it says Barry Allen on the thing, but you can definitely tell listening to it that it's Grant Gustin. Yeah. Um, trying to do an old voice. He's putting the gravel in there. He's trying to, uh, this is Barry Allen from the future. Yeah. I've, I've seen, there are some people who said they think it might be Bart. I think some people have also said they think it might be him trying to warn them about Eobard Thawne. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, But I was going to say, is that, um, Yeah, Reverse Flash is a big enemy in this season, so we're going to need a speedster to combat him. So it's going to be somebody with speed powers, whether it's Flash or Bart Allen or whoever. Well, that you're right. You I need a speedster to fight the speedster. Be snart. As a speedster? No, not as a speedster. Because <laughs> here's the thing. One of the biggest problems I've always had with Flash is, yeah. why does everyone have to be a fucking speedster? Yeah, they're all speedsters. How does being fast yeah. help you stop another guy who's fast when it's not even a fight? It's always a goddamn it's race. race. Oh, I'm going to see I can run faster than you. And when you find out that I run faster than you, you'll be defeated. What does that make sense? <laughs> but you got, well, you got to catch the guy the only, to stop him. The thing is, is that, yeah, you have to be able to catch the guy. And uh, he can, you know, Speedster, like, basically, time stops. And he's just kind of walking around in, at what we think is normal right. speed. So oh, yeah, I you need somebody who can keep up with him in that level. Uh, I want it to be snark because I want the fucking gold, the cold gun to finally work on somebody. <laughs> Slow, slow down the molecules. Or, uh, or it should be the turtle. The, t- oh, the turtle, I forgot <laughs> about him, too. He was in there. That guy was weird. He would just slowly walk around. Uh, so, I don't know. Good. Uh, I like that little tease. I like it when it's setting up things for, like, the rest of the season. The, the third thing I saw that was a potential for it was this may be the key that's going to connect the big crossover between oh. all, four season, or all four shows. With the Dominators and with the, the Dominators. Mm. So it may be that he's warning Rip about the Dominators and possibly is telling him, don't tell the team because you guys can't handle them or something of that nature. And that was so fucked course. up that he killed Our Man like that, too. That was crazy. I didn't see that coming. I never even saw Our Man do anything cool. No, we didn't have an hour to spend with him. He's just, you know, it only works for an <laughs> did hour. Did he even do Ooh. anything? No, like, he didn't. I don't remember him. He was just no, like the leader. Did, all he did was um, deny that Katie Lotz could be a leader because she's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, refused to believe that any of them are time travelers. I think they, we ca- and then he died. Yeah, we always saw him after his hour was up, so he wasn't doing yeah, it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really like he's that smoking whole a cigarette, episode. just like, oh, give me another hour. Give I should another be good. Hour. <laughs> Last week's episode was so bad. Like, I, I couldn't tell what was going I'd on. I'd like I, seeing these old, these retro JSA characters. Like I like Star Obsidian, uniform Star and how tight yeah, it was. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And she was, she, she was fighting. But then you got, like, weird, these weird characters. I mean, that was, it was, it was well, fun. I, I even them. said, like, I think my favorite thing about it was I didn't give a shit about almost anybody in the GSA yeah. or JSA. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, Vixen is now going to be our obligatory black girl on the Legends team. Yeah. 
She's because, awesome. Uh, Hawk Girl's gone. Yes, she's so, great. Yeah. Like her her powers are cool, and yeah. she's she's her got acting's a great better. Style. Yes, definitely. But like outside of that, it was like Our Man who didn't do anything. Yeah. Star Girl who yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, Captain Steel, whose legitimate power is being a fucking World War II soldier. Yeah, he's uh, just like Captain he's, America. He's legitimately Captain America yeah. with no superpowers. Yeah. It's just that he has an M1 Garand and a stupid-ass costume. Yeah, so uh, they fill the holes that the Hawk people left with, you got Vixen and you got your Citizen Steel taking those slots in the Legends, so... Well, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of, because doesn't doesn't Citizen Steel, I guess, split between being Rip and then, I guess, being another hero because he's like, oh, I know everything about the past because I was a hemophiliac with a library. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Enough with the hemophiliac every time I'm a hemophiliac. Uh, no, it's a it's a fun show that uh, just I'm excited for the crossover, though. But yeah, it's just a fun and no, it's 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 a lot of fun. I yeah. still I enjoyed this episode yeah. definitely more than last week's. Yeah. Um and I, it doesn't have me at a point where I'm like, oh, I'm definitely not going to watch anymore. But um, one one of my buddies I was talking to, he's like, well, so far they got rid of Rip, they got rid of Snart. Oh, and they took away Ray's Ray's Adam suit. Yeah. He's like, I'm, he's like, so next week we're gonna have Mick Rory's gonna become a born again Christian yeah. and give up burning people. <laughs> yeah, right. Where what does that leave him with? We'll see. Uh, fun stuff. Okay, uh, Delhauer, you had a recommendation. I'm uh, really excited to hear what this is. Uh, I have just recently been introduced to a comic series from Image Comics that I recommend everybody check out immediately called The Fix oh. by Nick Spencer. And I forget the artist. The one X or two? I heard it is With two. one X. Oh, I heard two, too. Okay, one X. All right. So uh, The Fix is a story that follows two corrupt cops in Los Angeles, and it plays on the goofy, weird nature of Los Angeles culture. Yeah. Because their whole thing is like they've got a best friend that they work with who is a movie studio producer who's a drug addict and a sex fiend and everything like that. Um, but they keep trying to sell him story pitches for cop movies so that they can cash royalty checks. Okay. But they also work as career criminals for a crime boss who is also a vegan yogi. What? Okay. Who? Uh, no, it's a, it's a vegan yogi stay-at-home dad. Okay. And it's just, it is all of, like, the most ridiculous, like, the humor of it of it is just in how ridiculous everything is it that's going on. It feels like that movie, The Good Guys. Or yes. Kick, kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Ah. It's, it, it's got a very Shane Black feel to ah, it. Ah, I see. And so the main story of it is um, the, the crime boss they work for needs to try and smuggle something through LAX. But they know that they won't be able to do it because for a while now, LAX has had a crime, a drug sniffing dog named Pretzels, who is a a, a small beagle who is really good at his job. (laughs) So they set up uh, to have one of the two partners wind up on LAX uh, security duty working with the dog so they could try and fix it from the inside to get stuff through uh, customs. Ah. But... Uh, it's like so far they're not too too far into that storyline but it's just like uh, on the other side of that the other partner was working as a a bodyguard for a child star turned adult actress who's got like drug problems and everything I don't want to give too much away it's only six issues in but needless to say shit almost never goes according to plan oh fun and it gets more and more ridiculously out of hand Wow, so it sounds like a fun, like, character-driven comedy crime noir thing. 
yeah, the, I'll put it that the best the best thing is in the, one of the like in the first issue or two, they rob an old man at an old at a, an old folks home because the nurse that one of them was sleeping with said that he had a lot of money stashed away in his room. In attempting to do that, the guy almost blows their heads off with a shotgun. And they break when they break in, they're wearing ski masks, but the one partner's wearing like a very bright floral shirt. <laughs> So they then they escape from this and they get away, at which point it's then revealed that they're also police officers and they then respond to a call to go investigate the robbery at the old folks home. And they're interviewing the old guy that they just robbed. Oh, shit. And the one partner's like, so with these partners, uh, you know, the, the second guy, what would you say? He well, how, how tall would you say he was like, say, my partner's height? And he goes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably about that tall. He's like, what about his build? You know, kind of like my partner's build. And he's like, yeah, I think so. The, the partner's just like, what the fuck are you doing? And he <laughs> no. goes, he's like, and shirts they were wearing. Was there anything really standing out, like a specific pattern? And the guy's like, okay, I think that's enough questions. <laughs> and they leave the room and he goes, what the fuck were you doing in there? He goes, teaching you that wearing a floral pattern shirt <laughs> During a robbery that you then wear 20 minutes later back at the robbery scene (laughs) is stupid. Oh, that's great. That sounds great. It sounds kind of like stray bullets too, like David Laffam type uh, crime drama. Absolutely. That's cool. All right. The Fix by Image, right? Image Comics. It's from Image Comics. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Uh, Okay. Look, I got a couple of things. We're going to wrap it up here. I want to share an email we got recently. This email is pretty hilarious. It's from listener and fan club member Brett Zdafka. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, the subject. You don't know how to say many names. I don't know how to say anybody's names. I don't pronounce anything right, if you've noticed. I pronounce it my own way. Anyways, he titles this email, Why the Cubs Will Ultimately Lose the World Series. Oh, oh, shit. oh shit. Anthony, where's Anthony? Get, don't, don't, Anthony, stop listening. St- Anthony, you might want to turn this off. Greetings, jock and nerdlings. Lately, your jock has been waxing eloquent regarding his beloved Cubs and their chance at fulfilling their quest to achieve World Series glory. As a Clevelander myself and a lifelong Indians fan, I felt compelled to write you and break the news that unfortunate that unfortunately the curse of the Billy Goat must continue on another year. How can I know this? Uh, I don't. I don't believe this. This man is biased. How can I know? Um, there's no uh, object objectivity in this statement. Uh, already null and void. <laughs> How can I know this? You ask. Though I cannot see the future, I am able to behold mascot quality. And the Cleveland Indians have a felty on their side in their aim for championship victory. Terrific, Jock and Nerd. This is true. Yes, true you thing. should know. You might, you might know him. Might be a relation. Jock and Nerd. He's pink. Yeah, yeah he's pink with a. Uh, I'll put a picture in the show notes that he sent. Jock and Nerd. You of all people should know that when you have a felty on your side, success is almost entirely inevitable. Even if in your case he has a failing slack hole, and in our case, Slider, our mascot, has a. Oh, that's his yeah. Name, he has a pimpled purple puppet presence. Sir Anthony, your jockness. I just thought you should know this. Regretfully and puppetfully yours, uh, Brett from Cleveland. P.S. Don't believe me? Ask your own felty about it. Who cares? A jock said that. And uh, he sends a picture of uh, Slider, who's a big freaky pink thing. Uh, well done. I thought that was hilarious. I don't know how Anthony's going to react. 
I would just like to say uh, puppetly yours I find very offensive. Puppetfully, yeah. That's a racist um, term. That is, that is disturbing, and I do not wish to hear that kind of smut on this podcast. Well, well look at uh, Thank you, Matt. the... I mean, what do you... I mean, the, the logo for the Cleveland Indians meh, may be a little bit outdated. I mean, if the Washington Redskins were getting into trouble, how are the Cleveland Indians not getting into trouble? Oh, because I guess Indian's not nearly as uh, upsetting as the term redskin. Uh, yeah, I'd, or the red character face. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm glad that's not the no mascot. One, no one watches baseball. Nobody that's cares. Except for right now where the whole fucking yeah, city of Chicago. Everyone watches baseball because of the World Series. Yeah, they should change the Indian to a, to like a, uh, you know, Eastern Indian. Yeah. Or just a white guy. Just call it the Caucasians. Make, make it the Caucasians. <laughs> make it a white guy. We're the Cleveland Caucasians. Uh, well done, Brett. Thanks for writing in. And finally, we're just going to, I got to mention a couple of shows to check out. Dalhauer, I got to listen to Geek Chorus episode 34 today. Where you and uh, Mike uh, reviewed Batman: Return of the Cape Crusader. Oh, did you like that? So you um, saw it at the Fathom events, right? In the theater. no, it wasn't even the Fathom oh, events. Was... We saw it at New York Comic Con. Ah, oh my god! Um, it was yeah. The, the the panel they did for it, they they screened the movie the, in entirety, and then they had um, Adam West and the director, and I think one of the producers. That's up cool. There on stage afterwards, I watched it. Yeah. I thought I thought that Adam West was going to keel over while he was doing. <laughs> Does he the, sound the old? Vocals. Does he sound yeah. old? He, I was going to say the the weird thing is he definitely you can hear his age in his voice. You can absolutely hear that Julie Newmar is in her seventies or eighties now. Yeah, Burt Ward still sounds like a goddamn child. <laughs> yeah, he sounds great. Julie, but, um, I had a huge crush on Julie Newmar. Man, she was the hottest Catwoman uh, when I was growing up. See, sure. see, mine was Lee Mary, uh, Lee Merriweather. Oh, you like the Lee Merriweather movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like the Julie Newmar. Anyways, what? Uh, give us a quick review, even though quick, you can listen. Quick to review. The um, I honestly, I loved it. I thought it was. It's definitely the best animated movie DC has put out this year. Um, well, you're going up against the fucking stupid Killing Joke, the Killing Joke, and Justice League versus Teen. I Titans. didn't even watch that one. Yeah, no one did. <laughs> um, I saw it. What did you think, Rug Boy? Was no, it was okay. All right. But honestly, it's it's all of the. This is more fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all of the 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 great moments that you loved from uh the the Batman sixty six show, all of the ridiculous you know do gooder stuff, them them you know uh, Batman giving Robin a, a lecture about how it's it's important to cross at the crosswalk <laughs> when you cross the street. Um, but anyway, uh, and then, it, yeah, and then it it, as it goes further in, they then start to they the plot allows them to start kind of making fun of and poking fun of uh, poking fun at the the darker, more serious Batman stuff. Oh, uh, they even outright uh, call out. Uh, what is it? Killing. I think. I think it was Killing Joke. It was one of them. I think it was Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Or no, no, no. it was Dark Knight Returns and it was um, Batman 89 with uh, the Tim Burton one. Wow. I love that. That they, uh, they do little jokes. It sounded like from your, it's a great episode. I wanted to listen to check out Geek Horror's episode 34. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it sounded like they really captured the tone of, you know, the 60s camp and silliness and then just like pushed it. Pushed it yeah. a little bit. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, cool. It's, it's very well done. And it's 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 a great loving homage to the show as well as being able to be its own thing. Would you have rather, though, like some guy do Adam West than Adam have West him. do it? Honestly, no. Just have Even William Shatner older, do it. 
I was going to say, <laughs> even though he's older and he, you know, you can kind of hear it. If Adam West is alive, I want him doing yeah. it. Un- well, I just think that it de- I think it detracted from the performance. I think that the maybe a little, but I think, good. I think at the same time, it's not something that's meant to be so serious that you need like a, a, a hardcore voice actor for it. Yeah. Like it's, I was just it's noticing the voice. It, I just it was it was jarring. It was like I was noticing it too much. Like, does he sound really strained? It's just that you can hear that it's it's uh, rather rough, and he's definitely slow reading <laughs> what he's saying. Yeah, he he's not oh, acting; he's just oh, reading shit. it. He's like phoning it oh, in. Boy. Well, that's that's another time, old chum. Oh my I'm god! Like, I'm like, eh, you know, I get I get that he's older. He's really not putting a lot of effort into it, yeah. but it's it's not. It can be distracting, but at the yeah, same like, time, give him watch, a rail of coke to do or something. Yeah, when I watch the show, like yeah. he watching the show, you're like it's Adam West the whole time. Yeah, um, and it's funny that you mention that you mentioned William Shatner in the fact that they already greenlit a sequel in which uh, William Shatner yeah. will be playing Two Face. Oh, he's playing Two Face. Wow, that's uh, wow. that's pretty good. That's pretty good casting. I mean, you got to pump these out while these guys are still alive. I, I guess. was going to say, while you got them, yeah. make them. <laughs> yeah. I met Adam West once at a small comic book convention in Novi, Michigan, when I was in the early 2000s, and I was with this comic book company, and we were going to conventions, and I got a picture with him, and he just seemed like he was stoned. He was like, I was like, oh, Mr. West, I'm a big fan. Can I get a picture? Imran, were you one of those assholes that asked him to call you old chum? No, no. All I wanted was a picture, and he was like, yes, absolutely. Where's the camera? Where we go? And he had shades yeah. on, and he just looks when like we, on Prozac or something. It was great. When we were at the panel, we wound up leaving during the Q and A. I can't stand Q and As for any Comic Con panel, yeah. uh, just because it reminds me how much I hate being associated with a lot of that crowd. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, that's that's the worst thing to say on a show called Jock and Nerd. Whatever, we get it. Um, but it's it's when you have like you had the people who walk up, and the one guy's like, "Oh, Adam, I'm a really big fan. Can you say to the Batmobile, ew, Robin?" Ew, they made and you're him like, do that? no, he didn't do it. Oh, good. He was he's like, um, I am on a uh, I th- what what did he call it? It was like a silence clause or something oh, like that. Just because I was like, really I was like, oh, good for him because it's you know, for fucking years. Yeah, how yeah, how many yeah. decades has this man yeah. had people be like, "Can you say I to the be, Batmobile?" I would be so sick. Can you it. call? me old chum oh, i'd be so sick of it wasn't he w- in one of eric sharkey's movies? yes this is what i'm gonna say we interviewed eric sharkey who's the director of drew the man behind the poster and he's done this floyd norman and Man life documentary it was really good too. I, and i gotta watch it and uh his first movie he did this campy fucking homage to campy b movies called sexina pop star pi with Adam West, music by Davy Jones, poster by drew struzan oh it's shit. an amazing production and it's just like a fucking B movie full out unapologetic and Adam West is probably perfectly cast. I've not seen that one, but I'm sure he's perfect in that role as the, oh, I don't doubt he's it. the bad guy uh, in that movie. So good for West. He's still rocking. <laughs> uh, all right, look. And then the other thing I want you guys to check out is the trivia geeks podcast listener. And you guys, because I'm officially um, a co-host on the show, I will be appearing on that show weekly. They do it live on Wednesdays. Uh, I was a guest then they had me fill in as a co-host. Then they were like, hey, you want to be on the show all the time? And then I did some artwork for the other shows. It's from Blazing Caribou Studios. And the show is a lot of fun. Uh, they get two celebrity or like two outside guests. And there's a host. And then there's two co-hosts. Kari is the other co-host. And she teams up with one of the guests. And I team up with the other guests. And they, we play a bunch of various trivia games. And it's fun because I don't have to prepare anything. I just show up and act like my usual jackass self. And we have fun. Yeah. So... Uh, check the link in the show notes if you like trivia shows. You should get me and Rugboy on that. We could do that. We could totally do that. Absolutely. 
I think I think I, I just have to you. answer questions. Yes, that's all you gotta you do. Don't even, you don't even have to answer them right. No, you, you don't. Yeah, you it's for it's yeah. totally for fun. You don't win anything. Some people know things. Yeah, but it's a great time. But uh, yeah, I will suggest it, and that would be fun. I think they would love to have all of us on uh, and one of the and on one of their trivia geek shows. So they're really nice people, Sean and Kari, and the whole we thing. Should, oh my god, what you should do. You should get the guys from uh, three six five. <laughs> oh, shit, yes, and and you should have it that you do like a jock and nerd versus three six five flex. Oh episode. snap! Oh, shit in the trivia that would be amazing. Oh my god, these are great ideas. I'm gonna run all these up the flagpole, but I love it all. Right, he's gonna blow. I'm gonna, and then I'll and then I'll I'll ask him about it after I'm done. Just make sure yeah. to work the shaft. You gotta work the. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, okay. Go stroke a barbell. That's what he got to stroke. Uh, get your hand off my. Look, yes, <laughs> yes, perfectly done, Imran. Thanks. That's called good timing. Delhauer, tell the listener where they can find you to say hi. What are you up to? Uh, the listener can find me on Twitter at Matt Delhauer. They can find me on the street corner every once in a while, oh, no. shouting things at people. Um, no, uh, you'd have to find the street corner first. It's one of the ones in America. It's down the street um, from Rug Boys Street Corner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they can find me over at HD One Jump. I have not been on the jump in a long time. Uh, I just did an episode of Geek Chorus, but we are trying to ramp up Geek Chorus uh, more at the moment. I am currently in talks with trying to get an interview with uh, comic writer Cullen Bunn oh, about cool. his new series, nice. which is really exciting because it's a legitimate you know comic creator talking to our stupid little fucking podcast that I didn't even create. <laughs> and yet I'm like, I said to Rob, I was like, if I could get like comic writers to talk to us, do you want that? He goes, yes. It's like, okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Check out the geek chorus. You guys, they got a bunch of great, great episodes out there. And then Twitter, um, did you give out your Twitter? Uh, yeah. At, uh, at Matt Delhauer, uh, at the moment we are currently holding both a Facebook and Twitter poll Yes. for, uh, how did the, how the fuck did this happen? Five. I almost called it. How did this get made? Um, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? What, or yeah. What the fuck happened? Number five. I don't even know the name of my own series. I <laughs> We're currently trying to find the perfect indie comic book movie yes. to uh, force me to watch because we did two DC, we did two Marvel, so I figured we'd venture out into the indie world. I love that idea. Um, at the moment, we it looks like we have a tie currently running between R.I.P.D. Yes. and Spawn. So yeah, and and the Spirit now. Yes. Well, well, I, I oh, love Spirit. Is that a, was that a, was that a mess? Look, I love Peter lost at C. Kendall comment on the poll and yes the the ghost of peter kendall coming back and saying that he wants to he wants you guys to force me to watch r.i.p that's almost worth it to pick that fucking movie <laughs> we could do like a ryan reynolds uh whole trilogy yeah, was who was it that that suggested like, that Malofsky, probably Malofsky I think, did. Yeah. okay like spawn is just a bad movie yeah. uh Spirit is is also a very bad movie, but it's more like if it's bad on purpose. See, the weird thing about Sp- I don't even want to go to into it because if we're going to do the episode, it's yeah, no, we can't anyway. stop. But what about R.I.P.D. Rugs? What would you pick out of those? Spawn? I didn't see that. I would never watch that. shit. I think stupid. that may be the one. Then I think that <laughs> I think that one wins automatically <laughs> just because of that. Comment. I wouldn't watch that shit. You watch that shit. <laughs> I got to make you watch it. And uh, yeah, I want to re- fulfill Peter's request. Please make him watch R.I.P.D. It's just. Men in Black with ghosts. Yeah, well, and that was a com- that's another indie comic, but that was a good movie, so we can't really. Uh, and then, um, 
uh, who was it? Kevin had said that uh, on the on the board, he thinks because one of the ones I suggested was the the remake of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, I know Kevin uh, Heldon had brought that up. Did not like that suggestion. Ke- Kevin was not okay with <laughs> no, us. He was offended um, offering that one up. Um, I, I I I respect that he enjoyed it. He he's not happy that we are basing our choices off of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But look, they like uh, opposite it's, it's, things. It's, we like it's That's depending on. It's depending on how the votes go. And at the moment, I don't think anybody has voted for it, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so that one should be fine. Uh, Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on one place only, and it's Twitter, at ReallyRugBoy, where I will be uh, every once in a while fucking with Dan Slott <laughs> and, uh, you know, arguing with people about Godzilla, Godzilla or getting or, getting into fights with Godzilla fanboys. Or, or, getting yeah, har- or, or answering David Mobley's uh, re- crazy requests on Twitter. Yeah, I have no idea what I just like his things sometimes. <laughs> he's great. I mean, I love the guy. Yes. He's going to become the next. I think he's going to become the next patron. He better. David Mobley. I don't even think he listens to the no, show. He doesn't. I can't. I can't wait until he just Dan loves Slot me. starts paying you guys. <laughs> Did you see the last thing I posted about no, what, what, about what how it? Spider-Man has, has not been number one? Oh, in, yes. He's called. You called him out. Uh, he sucks. Look, Scott Larson, we talked about this. It's in the bonus post show. Scott Larson is always like, I think Dan Slott needs to uh, uh, hand the book over to somebody else now. Like he's Sorry. had it for long enough. Let's get he's somebody bullshit. else on. So Peter Kendall, Peter Kendall's not going to like this. Whatever. Peter Kendall, Peter Kendall was very upset about, um, what was it? Spectacular or no, um, superior, superior Spider-Man anyway. So it's weird. Like he, Pete has this weird love hate yes, uh, yes. relationship with Dan. Absolutely, Spot. it's hilarious. Um, which also, I love the fact that Rugboy constantly gets into fights about Dan Slot because every episode of Geek Chorus starts with Dan Slot saying it's the greatest podcast. <laughs> yes, ever. You got him to record on record to say that, and uh, that's why Rugs loves the Geek Chorus. Look, that's it for the show, you guys. Listener, thanks for hanging out and listening to this nonsense. We appreciate every second. You finally made it to the end. We've made it to the end. You've survived. We're alive. We're doing well. Do me a Go smoke that bowl. Go smoke that bowl. Now, bury Glenn, and we'll all meet up in a couple days. That's right. To to, uh, eulogize him. Also, funny, <laughs> funny enough, bury the Glen. Also, a great way to say you're having sex with somebody. I'm gonna yeah. bury the Glen. I'm gonna pop my eye out and bury oh, the Glen. Oh, yeah. uh, look, just visit slash review It takes you to our iTunes page. Leave us a rating and review, and of course, tell a friend. Spread the stupidity. Thanks for listening. We're out. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Go play with some basketballs. Ah, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Run boy approved. Jugger nerd.